You just All hold right, up the same music here, Mike. Dun, 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 dun. This is the Detroit show tonight. How you guys doing? <laughs> this is Tone Talk. Um, we have some great guests tonight, uh, besides myself and Dave Friedman, who are always the great guests. Dun, 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 dun. This is the Detroit show tonight. How you guys doing? <laughs> there we go. Never mind. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I had my speaker go off there. So... We have John Five, legendary John Five. Thank you so much for joining the show. Absolutely. And we also have Dave Black from Seduce. Uh, Dave, you are a well-known guitarist from Detroit for the band Seduce, and uh, we're honored to have you on the show. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. So um, we were just talking, actually, just getting acquainted here and you guys all you all three you guys go way back so you guys want to talk about that maybe john and dave black and then uh and then dave friedman you can jump in yeah i um i I met dave i was uh you know from detroit and seduce would play and it was like uh you know just mayhem trying to go see them so i was so young that i would sneak in and um you know, then I would take, I took guitar lessons from Dave at Guitars for Stars. And, uh, and uh, I remember I was so into Seduce. They all had this super long black hair. And Dave, I don't know if you even know this, Dave Black. Uh, um, I was in a band called Vampirilla that was, you know, in Detroit and doing, <laughs> doing well. And they had like really long black hair. And I went to like this preppy school in Gross Point, young. I mean, I had to be 14 at, at the at the most. But I knew the songs and they got me as a guitar player. But I was so young and I looked so stupid because my hair was so short. So they put a long black wig on me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So nice. It, was, it was my coolest Dave Black look I could pull off. No, that's cool, man. That was, that was a great time back then, man. That was a great time to be around here. You know, scenes come and go from city to city, you know, but back then at that point in time, there was a lot going on around here. It was really, really cool, you know. And we're talking about what, what year around that? Was that in the 80s? 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah early, early 80s, yeah, 82 through 80, all the 80s, yeah. All the ages. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, sure. Harpo's and the Ritz and New York to New York and uh, Blondie's and uh, the Token. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of where, like, uh, music and culture and the places to play all lined up all exactly at the same time. So there was always some place to play. There was always a good band playing somewhere. You could go to any one of those clubs you just named on any night of the week. And whoever was there was pretty good, you know. Yeah, it's, it's I remember not really like uh, that now, but you know, like phases of things or something. You know? Yeah, and I remember Harpo's had that uh, wet T-shirt night. Man, and I was psyched. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that place is back open again. It's opening. I went back there and flashed back so hard because it looks exactly the same. I swear to God, oh, the video geez. screens came down after the band played. And all the '80s MTV videos started playing on the wall. Like the same tape was in the machine. It was, it was great. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Are they going to have the reinsurgent of the uh, wet T-shirt contest? I said. I don't know, man. I'm sure Rosie'd be up for it. You know. 
it was the greatest because I was I was so young, and I was like, wow, you know, I was just so psyched. Yeah, it's, I remember. It's burned, it's burned in my head. Seduce and tits. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, me too, bro. <laughs> Oh, that that's funny that's that is great. funny so now dave black you guys you, you gave john lessons is that what i understand yeah it was a long time ago i taught a little bit back then just to you know just for whatever reason you know what i mean but i think god john you must have been 15 16 i think something pretty young you know what i mean but yeah it was funny because I, I pulled it. you up the other day and you were sitting there playing by yourself on the couch. And I'm like, oh, my God, he looks exactly the same as when I knew him back then. Same hands, same look on your face and everything. It was great. It was awesome. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. It's so funny. And, yeah, I learned a lot from Dave, like, you know, um, and and just I loved taking lessons. I started taking lessons when I was seven, and I just always took lessons because it was so important. You can never stop learning. I know it sounds, you know, cheesy and stuff, but I just loved taking lessons whenever dave was given lessons i would always sign up yeah that's great taking lessons is it just keeps you going along you know and keeping like the best part now is you pull up youtube and some kid who is 14 shows you how to play something you've been listening to your whole life <laughs> yeah and he's just a young you know it's just a young guy and it's just like well there it is but now you have different ways to learn and different places to cop shit from in a whole different way. You know? It's very discouraging when you see that 14 year old, I have to say. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of cool. I mean, it kind of, it kind of counters those, the guitar dead argument and all that, you know, that's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's one key difference. I think, uh, with what you see now on YouTube, uh, with these young kids is they don't know how to actually play with a band. Yeah. So they can do it in their room. They can do it on their computer, but, Get them out there and really uh, go for it. It's, it's a whole different world when you when you do that. It's just like a boxer; you can just punch the bag all day long, but you got to get in the ring. Right? Yeah, right. I agree. I agree. And it's the weird thing now, it's like I would bump into like young guys in a music store, and it's like to me, I always felt bad because coming up now, they can do their thing, but when I was coming up. Like, you could get in a club band and play covers and go out and play three or four nights a week, three or four sets a night. You get good that way because you make all the mistakes, and that's how you learn. And now the people that are coming up now don't get the opportunity to play that much. You get to play once a month. Every, you know, it's just mm -hmm. different the way that the whole thing works. They don't. It's not the same experience, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, and I hate to name drop, but I just am giving examples of people that I know that talk like that, and David Lee Roth always talked like that. He said, we played all the time, and that's how you get to know what to do and what not to do on stage. And sure, sure. It's just Everything I do now, experience. yeah, it's all the mistakes you make. Yeah. yeah. It's all those hours of practice. Yeah. yeah, but throwing you throwing you into the you know den of wolves is, is, is way different than just practicing. No, it's that true, but I'm, I'm saying that but well, even having those gigs is that element of practice that gets you to being where you need to be to perform in front of people and have a good stage show and everything like that. It's It's got to be part of that, going out Absolutely. and playing. Yeah. 
when I was a young guy coming up, somebody told me a long time ago that one crappy show is better than 10 rehearsals. Yeah, that's great. That's Makes true. Sense, you know? Yeah. My drummer I mean, says that's that all the time. wisdom, but, you know, I don't know. Makes sense. That's funny. My drummer says it all the time. He he played with um, uh, Bo Diddley and uh, Ron Wood many years ago. Wow. Yeah, cool. he's I love Ron Wood. Uh, yeah, he he played on the Gunslingers tour back in like '86 or something. Wow, yeah, good, awesome. Yeah, he's a cool cool guy. But um, so John, I know you only have a limited amount of time, and I want to I want to be respectful of the time that you have. Um, so. And I have like a million questions. <laughs> so well, wait, how, how about we fill, fill, fill it in? They f- filled, uh, uh, you guys filled each other in on, on how those two know each other. Then That's how did I meet John? <laughs> I met John quite a long time ago too. Long time ago, long time ago. Would that have been Katie Lang? That was Katie Lang. I was Katie um, Lang, right? Yeah, wow. and uh, I, I had no idea what I was doing. You built me a, a rig and, uh, you know, pretty much saved my life. You know, I would always run to you in, in total you, you craziness. Had that, you had that black carpeted pedal board. Yeah, it was, it was a nightmare. Yeah, and, and uh, we fixed it up a little bit and for early on. And then, uh, and then later on, you still had that pedal board when you started with Manson. Yeah, because I like stomp boxes, you know, I just, and then with Manson, I got, they got, they had so many effects and I was like, oh, you know, because I just like using like a chord into an amp and I'd be fine. But um, I had all these pedals and all this stuff and, you know, Dave, thank you for all of your expertise because, you know, without it, I would have been a wreck. Yeah, well, I mean, it came down to after one of the first tours you did with him, I remember he was hitting... um, he would uh, smash your pedal board with a mic stand. And right. uh, I remember seeing a boss pedal that was literally flat like a pancake. <laughs> Great. Yeah. You'd like look at it and go, wow, yeah, that's done. Yeah, that, that happened all the time. Uh, I'll tell you a quick, real quick story, because he would hit my cabinets with the, the bottom of my tech, who was so, so he got the grill of a semi. And so, which are really tough. Um, they're a lot stronger than most. I don't know, but we wouldn't say anything. And we just put these grills on the cabinets. And so he would hit them with the mic stand and nothing was happening. And he kept on hitting. And then you could see him getting more and more tired, you know, and he was like, ugh, ugh, and nothing was happening. So he ripped, you know, after doing that, trying to kill it, you know, one time he ripped it down a few shows later and cut his knee open on that grill. And so uh, he, he left the amps alone from then. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson yeah. learned. Yeah. So we go back to Katie Lang, which I don't remember what year that was. So that was 1990 something or was it? Yeah. 96, maybe 96 all through. So you got in zombie. Yeah, all through still to uh, today, you know. Yeah. So it goes back a long time. <laughs> so, John, what what amp are you are you playing now? You're playing Marshall. Yeah, I, I just use the Marshall nine uh, hundreds, and uh, you know they're great. They, I have uh, I have no problem. You know, I I had one problem. We were playing at Irvine Meadows, and we uh, 
I don't know if it was the heat or something, but none of my amps worked and everybody was freaking out because people were coming in and everybody was freaking out except for me. And I just said, oh, we'll just grab, you know, corns, one of corns head or something like that. And I'll just plug into it. And they're like, you don't need your head or anything special. And I said, no. And all my amps are just completely stock. So that's what I like. I like to buy them like, you know, right off the shelf and plug right in and stuff. I just, you know, it's uh it's easier cool. that way that's true that's very true that's cool um and the other question that i had for you which has probably been asked a gazillion times but i haven't i, I tried looking for it why the telecaster i'm just curious why why did you gravitate towards the telecaster over other guitars uh i loved when i was growing up everything was tv <laughs> you know my whole life and we just sat around sat around and watched tv my family and I remember seeing a uh, God. I loved Hee-Haw, and uh, I remember <laughs> seeing this little little boy. He was the banjo champion in 1976, and um, he was playing with Roy Clark. And I remember watching him going, "Wow, this kid is like you know a few years older than me, but he's so good." And that's what made me want to play guitar. And, but seriously, this is no joke. Even at a young age, I was like, well, I don't know, you know, if the banjo is very cool, but maybe I'll play an electric guitar. And they all played mm -hmm. the electric guitar shape there was, was just a Telecaster. I thought there was no other shape. I thought it was just that. And, um, you know, that's, that's why I play a Tele. That's great. Yeah. I actually, I, yeah. I remember as a young guy, uh, seeing Roy Clark and just being blown away by that guy. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. that's why I like oh, yeah. that's why I like big jugs too, is because of all those hee haw girls. That reminds me of uh, the hee -haw, the, the he haw girls. Where are they now? You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I need I need to keep you away from my wife then. <laughs> was, was she on hee-haw no note to self <laughs> was she on hee-haw <laughs> uh, you know it remind, reminds me of the uh the beer uh saint paulie girl remember that yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah the big jugs um yeah. That's cool. That's very cool. And John, I know you're you're way into uh, monster stuff, and I, I was too when I was uh, growing up. Um, I was really into special effects makeup, mm -hmm. Rick Baker, Tom Savini, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, um, was that like of, of interest to you, or or were you just more into like the movies than that that aspect of it, or? It was all, that's just, was my childhood. You know, I loved, it was comforting. It was like the monster movies and, and all that stuff, just like any kid. And then, you know, growing up, you have an epiphanies and I saw kids and it was like monsters with guitars. And I was like, you know, this, this is the greatest thing ever. So yeah, it's, it's funny now that I think about it, all the things that I loved when I was younger, I still love today. It's like, nothing's changed much. I still sit in front of the TV and play guitar and I love kiss and monsters and you know, all that stuff. So, and, and he, -haw, I still watch that. It's so weird how <laughs> nothing's changed. It's so strange. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. It 
is. It, you know, you kind of—I I don't know. The older I get, the more nostalgic I get for older things. But, but I see you have a big kiss collection. Everybody does, man. You priced old guitars lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, uh, That's true. So, it's, John, it's did, John, did you see Dave then play when he had his when he when he used to play with his telly? Oh, I I've seen Dave play. So many times. So have I. So many times. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, huh. I would go just I would go see Dave play all the time, every chance I could. You know, it was Seduce was always the top. And then it was and I'm not just saying that. I've said this in other interviews and things like that. It was Seduce and then Halloween. Remember? Oh yeah. Oh sure. Dave, remember Halloween, of mm-hmm. course. Sure. And then it was like uh what else was there, Dave? Heaven's Wish and there was um what else was there right around that time? Uh, to me, I don't really remember that many of those people. I remember more of the dudes that came up before me, like like okay. the, when I was a little bit younger, Muggsy. And remember Joe Gatos? Uh, no. Joe Gatos' son was the kid in the School of Rock movie. His oh, dad, okay. monster guitar player. Yeah, there's just great guitar players around here. They're always hatch fun. Mm. Always. It's yeah, cool. I, I take I took lessons from a lot of people there. You know, uh, Bob Gillespie and Chuck Miller and you sure. know, all all the cats. You know, I just I was like a sponge. I just wanted to learn as much as I could. Yeah, steal a little bit from each person, make it drone. Absolutely, which yeah. you know sure. people do still every single day. You know, which is great. Yeah. So besides Kiss um, and. John and Dave, I'm curious both of you guys. What were your like main influences growing up and learning guitar and everything? John, you can go first if you want. Yeah. Um, you know, with TV, it was anything that had a guitar, like the Monkees and Hee Haw, and then you know, Kiss came around, and then uh, Jimi Hendrix. I saw uh, an advertisement for uh, Woodstock was going to be played on HBO, and I saw it. Um, oh my God. And then um, from that, I bought my first Van Halen record because it said Gene Simmons on the back of a Van Halen record, and that's that's the that's the only reason I bought it. And, that's amazing! Uh, and, wow. And, and that was, uh, and then I was, uh, you know, hooked. So, and it just went on from there. Just I still, I the greatest thing you can have is inspiration, and uh, I look for it every day. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And so when you look for inspiration, like what, 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 like what kind of things would inspire you every day? I'm just curious. Well, luckily we have the internet. So, you know, I'll uh, just search. And it's just like if you like a certain song, it'll say, oh, check out this song. Same thing with um, like Instagram or something like that. So there's amazing guitar players all over the world that uh, – you know, it's it's so inspiring. You just take a little bit and you sprinkle it here and sprinkle it there. And uh, it's uh, it's wonderful. And then, you know, of course, I still you know, like uh, watching things on YouTube and things like that. So that's pretty much all I do all day if I'm not on tour. And uh, it's I, I just I play so much all day. It's just really, really bad. <laughs> as in i don't have a life as in as in you better shower and eat 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a question that came in uh, from John Mangiardo, and I know you've answered this before. So, but uh, they want to know about the acoustic album that you did with David Lee Roth, and what's if there's any update on that at all. Um, You know, it's it's such a great record. I will tell you a quick story that I don't really talk about that much, but. me and Dave were recording and it sounded so great, man. We were like, uh, we, I would go to his house and I'd write with him in the afternoon and then we'd go at night and record, but he didn't want to use the click cause he just wanted it very loose. Like Van Halen, you know, it's, they didn't really use a click and stuff. So we had all these overdubs and it's just like acoustic records, but it's kind of like, it's very um, sophisticated. It's like kind of like, Doobie Brothers or Steely Dan with all these like overdubs and harmonies and everything. So Dave, I was going on the road the next day and Dave Roth said, oh, let's put drums on this. And the engineer said, well, we can't really because there's no click. And just like the, you know, tear in his face. And he was like, oh man. So (laughs) I'll never forget this my whole life. He pulled me aside and he said, John, you have to redo everything. And I was like, well, Dave, I can't because I, I am leaving on the road tomorrow night. And he's like, you have to you have to do this for me. And I remember looking at my hero, like pleading with me going, you have to do this. And so I walked back in the studio and I, I redid like all 13 songs with all the harmonies. It probably took me like, you know, hours or something to do everything. And uh, wow. and I did it. But the, the album is incredible. I, I just, I wish that I could play some um, some music. But, you know, you know, of course, he's in this band called Van Halen. So <laughs> I, I don't know when he's going to release it. But I'll tell you, it is something else. And uh, there is a couple titles I can say. There's... Uh, one song's called Somewhere Over the Rainbow Bar and Grill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a true, it's true, true. uh, That's the real title. So, uh, you know, I I remember going back when you worked with him previously. Mm -hmm. Wait, I I don't remember what year that was. That was probably right around like, it was right around Katie Lang time. So maybe before, you know, or like right around 96, 97. Yeah, and uh, it was awesome, man. It was. Uh, I remember you playing it. it was so me. crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounded like old Van Halen. It you did. Know? Yeah, like something it I did. something I I knew very well, and so it was mm-hmm. like really uh, that album's really close to my heart. I'm I'm very fortunate because I never dreamt of anything like that. I just wanted to be a session musician, mm-hmm. so I I didn't even you know, think that this would ever happen. I remember seeing Dave in a club in Hollywood and running up to him and going, holy shit, you know, Dave Lee Roth, you know. And that's probably pretty much all it was going to be. And I saw them in Detroit on 1984 tour. And, you know, it was a very big part of it. I was there. I was there. Yeah. (laughs) Wish I was there. Dave, Dave Black, did you go? There? I saw him in Masonic doing a Van Halen 2 at Masonic. Oh, that was oh, oh man. I, I stood in the orchestra pit, bro, like right there. Oh, oh. oh. Yeah. 
See, Dave's got to walk out on stage, light up the sky. First song. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's happening. No, it's the real deal. It was the real deal. Oh, that's the real deal. Yeah, their first two records are just like bam, bam, right, left. You know, unbelievable. And the tours, the tours too. They were just amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Take no prisoners, man. Yeah, totally. Young and hungry. Knock you down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very much so. Um, John, I love the story. Uh, at least I saw an interview where you were telling the um, story of how you first collaborated with Dave and you actually, you know, talk about taking the initiative and going after a dream. You actually sent him some songs that you wrote or music that you wrote, right? And said that I'm interested in playing with you, right? I mean, that's pretty cool. It's, it's Yeah, it's so weird. Like I was sitting on my friend and I can see this. I was sitting on my dumb friend's couch and I saw this crazy from the heat book and I was like, I wonder what Dave's doing. I'm going to like send him some songs, you know, on the back of this book and to his office. It's like trying to get a hold of like, you know, Superman and saying, Hey, Superman, you know, why don't you take me a ride? You know, or something <laughs> like the channels are like, were like ridiculous. So, um, and Dave is such a private person, you know, um, so I sent these songs and they sounded just like Van Halen, you know, and uh, then, you know, Eddie Anderson, who was Van Halen's bodyguard, he was managing Dave at the time. And he said, uh, you know, we like that Dave likes these and can you send some more? And I was like, oh, my God. So I just scrounged up whatever money and favors I had. And I just um, recorded some more. And he said, OK, Dave likes these. Can you send some more? And I was like, actually, I can't. You know, I don't have any money and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, okay, well, come to Dave's house. He wants to meet you. And I was like, this is insane. So I, I remember driving that night, going to his house to make sure, you know, I knew how to get there and I wasn't late. This was before GPS and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. and so I drive to his house and pull up to his driveway and ring his gate. And the voice box thing, the intercom goes, hello. And I and it was that Dave, David Lee Roth voice. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah, I'm here to see Dave. It's John. And he goes, come on in. And I remember he had overalls on and he goes, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. You know, this stuff is great. We're going to make a record and all this stuff. And uh, and it just started from there. And we've been like really good friends ever since. Like, geez, it's been since 1996 or something. Like that. that was the house in Pasadena, right? Yeah, he's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went to that house once when, when Joe Holmes was playing with him. Yeah, it's a house he grew up in, and he's like, I used mm-hmm. to smoke pot over on that, on that, you know, over there when I was like fifteen, and rehearse in the basement, and they would rehearse in the basement, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so funny. This is a true story. I don't know if I should be telling these stories, but like, I would come go to his house a lot, and he had all his stage clothes and all these clothes like on the driveway. And uh, I didn't really ask. I thought he was just drying them. He like washed them or something. But I didn't really ask why they were all scattered on the driveway. And then here comes the um, the gardeners, and he goes, "Listen, boys, take whatever you want. Enjoy." And I was like, "Oh my god, he's giving away all these stage clothes to the gardeners. Like, what are these gardeners going to do with all these <laughs> stage clothes? <laughs> you know." <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh, it, were you like, like oh, can I have one? Spandex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Gold make coat and spandex. Oh, he did. Uh, he did. He did give me a pair of these snakeskin like um, 
uh, platforms, like, you know, back in the day and stuff, he'd be on stage. And, and then he gave me all these um, albums to listen to, like Rod Stewart and all this stuff. And then, <laughs> this is so funny, he got, like, mad at me, like, twice. And one time he got mad at me, he goes, bring my shoes back and my albums. And I was like, oh, geez, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like breaking up. Yeah. Bring my stuff back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's cool. That's a, that's a, that's great that you you know you work with him and uh hopefully that album will come out one day. Now was it all acoustic? Yeah. Or was yeah, it? it's 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 all acoustic. I did a I did a really heavy, you know, rock record with him, but yeah, it's all acoustic, but it's really cool. Like it sounds um it's kind of like, you know, like, could this be magic, you know, hmm. uh, that kind of really, or take your whiskey home or something like that, you know, that kind of cool right, stuff. Right, right. That's cool. That's cool. Um, we had another question and I know it's getting to that half hour more. Uh, are you, do you, do you want to, do you have to jump after this or how are you doing? Yeah, fire away. Okay. So um, Adam Centafonte said, who are you into right now? Any new bands, new music? Um, Let's see. What am I listening to? I love. I know Adam. <laughs> Do you? Okay. Um, what What am I listening to? I like. Uh, you know, I revisited a couple things. God, what am I listening to? Oh, I like the the Aristocrats. That's what I've been listening to. Uh, Guthrie Govan, you know, is in the Aristocrats. Yeah, so I've been listening to that quite a bit. Hmm. So I really, really enjoy it. I'll have to check that out. I haven't heard it. I've heard Guthrie. Yeah, it's really great. That's cool. What about you, Dave? Anything new or, or are you like me and still stuck back in the 60s, 70s and 80s? I don't know. I swing all over the place, man. I listen to all, all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I do a lot of that. Like my, my you know, the, your favorite stuff that's close to your heart. But mm -hmm. I don't know. New Queens of Stone Age record came out. Heard that. I like them guys, you know, uh, that's cool. I don't know. And, you know, I like, I like trying to, you know, I, I've always been the kind of person where I like catching something where it's like the band's first or second record. So I'm always fishing for something that's new. But usually that's only a song or two because that's all there is right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about you, Dave? Uh, I, I got the new Foo Fighters record. Huh, I was, was going to say Yeah, it's out. Uh, uh, I, I saw the funny thing is uh, Dave Grohl did this little animated um, uh, story about this record. Yeah, I watched it this morning. Did you saw that? As soon as I watched it, I'm like going, okay, I got to buy the record. Click. <laughs> yeah. I, I go, wait a minute. This is brilliant marketing he just did. It made me buy the record. And uh, I want to buy the record, yeah. You know, the record is pretty interesting. It's it's different. Um, it's Lots of instrumentation and lots of like layers of sound to to the songs, and um, really cool. I definitely will check that. I think it's like, called like, Gold and Concrete, or something. yeah, a little little yeah. different than normal. Like not you know a little more. Hmm, it's more textural, it's, sort of yeah. like, but it's still like heavy and, and, and but it's big. It's like a big sound, like wall of sound sort of thing almost. Who was the producer? Same guy who did like Adele, and oh, I forgot his name. John, do you yeah, know? 
Um, he said it in the Joe, thing. I, 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 I forget. I forget his name. Like Craig or something. Craig something. Yeah, Dell and Dell someone or, else and a couple other yeah. artists that weren't Gilly, in the rock Gilly, genre yes, at all. Yes, something like that. So, yeah. but, but cool. it was, I listened to it today for the first time, and I was like, "Wow, there's some cool shit in here." I liked it. I listened to the first four songs, and it sounded like a couple of them sounded very heavy. Um, yeah. Had some Zeppelin influence in there, and then, and then yeah, yeah it, was, it kind of it was good stuff. Well, they, they, like they said, they they, they they guested a lot of vocalists on it and the background vocals and stuff. And uh, I think Paul McCartney's on a song. Hmm. And yeah, uh, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake's a backup on a song, and like uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and funny thing, I was listening to it. I'm going, oh, that's the Justin Timberlake thing. Wait, that's oh wait, here's the, oh yeah, that's just the Paul McCartney thing. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's interesting. It. Yeah, they you know they they did a concert recently and they had Rick Astley come out and they did uh, Never Gonna Get <laughs> What Was That Song? <laughs> they did the Rick Roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't believe they did that. <laughs> Well, you know what's great about you know what's great about love love or hate the Foo Fighters. What's great about Dave Grohl is he he's excited about music, and he's excited about doing projects and doing new things, and you know throwing it up against the wall and stirring it up and making uh, making something new. You know, I love them. I think they're wonderful. Me too. Big fan. Big fan. So. So that that was the latest thing, yeah. So that's cool. I do got I do got to run, guys. But uh, Dave Black, listen, I'm going to be in Detroit on the 29th. We're playing at uh, what is it called now? DTE. So you're sure. more than welcome. I'd love to love to have you. You know. Hey, guess what? Thank you. Guess what? I'm there too. Oh well, Dave Friedman, would you like 29? Well, yeah, come on down. Friday, I think. Yeah. Or no, Thursday. Very I don't cool. know. I'll look it up. So, John, just before you go, do you want to uh, tell us where people, what, what are you working on and where people can find your stuff and just kind of plug um, anything about yourself? I am working on the new Rob Zombie record, and that's uh, we're in the process of doing that. Uh, I do my instrumental thing, John Five and the Creatures. We're going to be in playing a couple Halloween shows like in Washington. Then we're going to China, believe it or not. I can't believe they're letting me in. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so just do, doing a bunch of really cool stuff like that. So just picking and a grinning. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good but, job, dude. Congrats, yeah, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. I just saw your video for the uh, Fender Telecaster Elite Telecaster. It was a great video. Great video. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So thanks right, again. Great. Appreciate you All coming right. on. Thank you. And Dave and Dave, and I hope to see you guys, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, man. Dave, I'm Dave coming. Dave has my number, and, yep. uh, you know, Dave, just give it to Dave Black, and hopefully I'll see you guys. Cool. cool. Yeah, we'll All try right, to make Thank you, Thank you, man. Congrats. Very cool. Well, bye-bye. Nice okay, meeting bye. you, John. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Wow, now it's just us. Now it's just, just us. us. <laughs> oh, you're killing! You're killing me with that. Uh, you, you you need your headphones, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I think you need. Yeah. Still? It's yeah, still got some echo. You got a set of headphones? How about that? Is that better? I think. Uh, that's better. Let me see. Hello, hello? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yo 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 yo. Hello.
Yo, yo, chest check, one, two. Better. Yeah, yeah. That's good. All right. Okay. We'll deal a little with bit it. in the background still, but we'll, we'll live with it. We did we'll so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool, man. It was great to have John on. Yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen him. I haven't, actually, I've, last time I saw him was a couple years ago, so. DTE, baby. Yeah, on the 29th. So that's the uh, hell if I know, but I can look while I'm sitting here. Did he say September 29th? Yeah, I mean, no. October, yeah. October, October 29th? No, or September. September. No, I already looked it up. I already saw that he was playing. Oh, cool. Uh, as I was looking around for things when I was in Detroit. So, um, and I don't know what I'm looking Oh, there's my calendar. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Oh man! So um, yeah, that's a Friday, Dave. Cool. Very cool. Think you can get off. Right. Yeah. Or what time do you get off? Oh man, I'll, I'll just skip it. <laughs> it won't be that good. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll skip it, dude. Let's skip it. Let's go over to DTE and go hang out. No, that place is great, dude. I got yeah. to play Sabbath with that place. It was great. Yeah, you guys opened up for Black Sabbath. Yeah, that was great. At home, sure. I'll take that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So. Wait, 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 wait. Did I miss something? Who opened up for Black Sabbath? Seduce. Seduce. Really? Really? Yeah, it's great. What year was this? Oh, geez. Uh, must have been one of their last ones, you know. With uh, Ozzy or? Uh, no. No, with right. Ozzy. You know, it was uh, Sabbath Priest and Testament and us. Yeah, I but think. was Ozzy singing with Sabbath or was it? Dio? Must have been Dio. It must have been Dio. Yeah, it wasn't Ozzy, so it must have been. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I don't know. You know, th- those were like my guys when I was a kid. I mean, like when I was starting to, you know, starting to play and stuff. Sure, Savage, Zeppelin, Purple. Those were the guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. You know, I got to get more into uh, Deep Purple. You know, I just know more just like the hits. It's it's not one of those bands that I've actually gone back and bought albums and really kind of visited like things that I'd never heard before off their albums. I, I should probably do that because there's so this much. Made Japan, bro. Oh my god, it's like right up there, like one of the greatest live records of all time. Made in, made Japan. in Japan. Oh my god, wow, yeah, what a performance, <laughs> dude. Guys that okay. can really play, you know, take the song somewhere. Yeah, good stuff. That's cool. All right, and Dave, were you just showing Don't- off your drink? Yeah, someone said someone said no scotch tonight. Uh, well, yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> there you go. You know what? I'm al- I have no alcohol in the house except for the scotch, and I couldn't I couldn't do the scotch tonight. So oh, okay. I just couldn't. I'm just. I won't dude. say what I'm really. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I just couldn't. I, you know what? I overate today and just couldn't do it. So <laughs> we went to. Uh, we went to an all-you-can-eat sushi place, and I just – I I really – all all you can eat. <laughs> oh, earlier? Yeah, for lunch. I had sushi for lunch, too. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, well, I just... when, when, I, when I do this show, I never know how long it's going to take. So, you know, uh, you know, we, we start at 6 here, and um, I'm like, I got to eat before I do the show. Right. I learned, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And – because I won't be home till nine or something or, or after, you know, so it's like I got to eat something at least. So ordered sushi. Seems like a good idea. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was into today. 
A lot of places sushi are starting. Scotch, wow. Huh? <laughs> sushi and scotch. Sushi and scotch. Sushi and a, uh, one scotch. Not not a lot. So that's cool. Why um, not? So Dave, where? So you live? You still live in Dave Black? You still live in Detroit, right? Yep. 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 That's cool. Um, I got to make it out there one of these days. It's great, man. Well, it's a, it's a few weeks a from better. now, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Unfortunately, I've got work, and I just can't. I'm actually, uh, I've got, I'm actually on October 22nd. I'm going to um, EVHCon. I have a buddy of mine who throws a, um, a convention for Van Halen, which is pretty really? cool. Wow. Yeah, talk talk about being really geeked out. So I'm going to that, uh, and you know, and and the, the, I'm working in it because it's my clients are right there, literally. So I'm just flying. It's right there in Connecticut. So that's on a Sunday. I'm going to fly up, and then, but I just I, I'm going to be traveling at, right after like the next couple of weeks. So I'd love to go to Detroit and go to the show. That would be cool. Um, I think the well, next time this, this ne- is show ne- we're talking about in the future that you're going to have to go to. So. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, but that won't be for a lot for a while yet. So, okay, we'll talk. <laughs> we will oh, talk. Our show, our, our yeah. show. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. No, the 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 big one. No, that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be great. You'd have to. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah. Okay. Show you a good time, dude. It's a good time to be had here. You know. Great place. <laughs> I'll be there. Great place. All right. Sounds good. Absolutely. Sounds awesome. So what do we got? We so, got some any more asking questions on here still? I'm sure we did. Um, so I see the first one, Patrick Behar. Can you tell us anything about the new BE amp model, Dave? Oh, did, the BE fifty deluxe isn't it not out enough all of a sudden on uh, it, it got it kind of got plastered out there on Facebook and uh, it got leaked and leaked on Facebook and a couple forums, your page and things. Uh, I didn't want to bring it up. Is that, is that bad? Is that bad? Oh no, it's multiple pages on, on it on a lot of forums and stuff, and everyone debating it and talking about it. And that's all. Good. It's all good. It's all good. I should have called it something worse, and then they would have talked about it more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't. You didn't really go. You know, much dirtier than it already was. So. Well, I mean, no, it's just a be deluxe. So, what, yep. what, what deluxe means? Well. Uh, I think I, I think I put it out there pretty well. It's 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 basically the Bucks and Betty Clean Channel. It's uh, it's a fifty watt amp. It's a it's got a half power switch on it, uh, which will which really is like a pento triode switch. It'll knock it down to kind of a soft twenty five watt kind of thing. Mm. Um, it has uh, the BE channel, the standard BE channel that we do slightly voiced differently, slightly. And then a re- aggressive? and then a revoiced HBE channel, which is more aggressive and more tough, a little more, uh, a little more blown up sounding or something, a little more like hard to explain. Um, just I, I wanted to address a couple things that that channel did before, and I just tweaked around a couple parts and kind of improved upon it. And then the, we added a, a felt knob, which is a resonance. Normally in a BE, it's preset inside. Uh, we added a response knob. It's a variable negative feedback. Sort of like uh, in one position down low, it's more spongy and darker. 
and as it goes up, it gets punchier and brighter. Um, so you can sort of decide where you like it. Hmm. And, uh, and then normal presence knob and effects loop, gain structure switch, and uh, fat switch. And a voice switch on the front, which takes you between uh, kind of like tailors the top end a little bit. Some people like things darker. Some people like things brighter. So it just depends on the on the player, and he can kind of dial it in to what he likes and the guitar he's using. Wow, a lot of, a lot of vo- voice kind of features. <laughs> and the, the HB and B have gains and masters for each channel. So Oh, that's nice. So you, you, you have like a full, a really tweakable badass amp so and it's being sold exclusively through one uh, channel? exclusively through sweetwater until the uh first of the year uh for the u.s uh, after the first of the year it'll go go full to all the dealers oh that's cool that's awesome and uh and and europe is a different thing so they'll, they'll be able to have it so, they will or they won't be able to have they it? They will be able to have it, yeah. Okay. Japan cool. and Europe will be able to have it because U.S. dealers can't aren't supposed to sell out of the country anyway. So, Right, right, right. Cool. All right. All right, so I'm going to keep jumping. Um, when is David releasing a solo record? Ha! <laughs> Who, me? Yeah, you. Yes. Actually, I've been working on one. And then I thought I was going to do some seduce stuff here, and that kind of got sidetracked. So uh, I quit working on that because I thought I had some other stuff coming up. So now I guess I got to get back to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been working on something. It's pretty good. It, I've been Very waiting good. till uh, I don't know. I don't know. So you find something that you think is is worth pursuing, I guess. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, that's different, but it's neato. I've been kind of waiting for that, you know, and I've got a couple good things together. So we'll see what happens. You're waiting for the thing that goes, yeah. yes, that's it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Otherwise, it's just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, I keep pushing, Dave. Yeah, I keep pushing. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's great, man. Well, that, I think that was from your friend Adam Santafonte, also. Oh, uh, Adam. Uh, Dave knows Adam. I know Adam. Hi, Adam. That's cool. Um, Molly says the next pedal has to be the Nancy Nasty Nancy. Um, okay. <laughs> That's not the next pedal's name, but okay, but maybe. <laughs> Uh, you did mention that you have something in the I works, do kind of right? like that name, though. <laughs> Nasty Careful, Nancy. Molly. I'm in a, does that mean I have to send you a free pedal if I use the name, Molly? <laughs> He'll probably demand that. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the least I could do, I guess. <laughs> right. Timothy Pierce. Uh, hey, has the bu- Buxom Boost been released? I think it has, right? October 1st, Buxom, I thought you... Buxom Boost will technically be uh, in stores, actually, for sale on October 1st, uh, meaning that we've started shipping them, but we've put a hold on it till October 1st. Now, whether or not there's uh, some store that might violate that or not, I'm not sure. We'll see. Uh, they're not supposed to. But... Right, all right. It inevitably always happens. <laughs> By the way, I'd love to give a shout out to um, Sean Tubbs. He did a monster demo of both pedals, but I saw today the Bucks and Boost. Oh demo. yeah, right. Oh uh, look, oh sounding great. That's great sounding. 
Yeah, really good. Um, got a question here from Brian M. What's the backstory between between um, behind Dave Black and Dave Friedman's friendship? How do you, how do you guys go back? Oh wow, we don't we don't actually technically go back that long. Um, About a year. Uh, oh, really? So, so Dave, Dave is a guy that I used to go see in, in Seduce when I was growing up, uh, when I was a kid. Um, they were the, you know, as as John was attesting, they were they were the shit, so to speak. They were the badass rock band of Detroit during the time. Uh, they were the, you know, king of the heap, basically. Um, good tones, good time, decent yeah. songs. Um, and so, you know, I always used to go see him play and, uh, he always had this, uh, this guitar tone that was always like, what is that? <laughs> you know, what is that tone? So my buddy Jimbo, uh, Jimbo Barker, who I knew used to be roommates with Dave, um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I'm like, yeah, man, you got to ask Dave what he used to use. How, how did he do that back in the day and with this thing? I, I see he still does it. He does it with the Vintage Modern now, but uh, what did he do? What was that? What was the deal? And, uh, and, and I go, I'm going back to Detroit. I, you, need to, you, need to, uh, you need to hook me up with him because I want to find out. It just was something that was bothering me for years. <laughs> and... Uh, and so, well, he did. That's cool. And so uh, uh, I went and hooked up, met Dave, and I'm like, can I take your amp apart? <laughs> <laughs> I think the best part was, though, is Jimbo calls me. He goes, my buddy Dave Friedman from Friedman Amps, he wants to, and I had no idea who you were. So yeah. you're like, on my way to my house, and I figured, wow, I should probably Google this guy. <laughs> like, you're on my way here. And I'm reading about it, and I'm like, wow, man, okay. You know, so then he comes by my place. Yeah, we rip apart my amp, and we got to be friends because I'd had it for a while, and I was looking at, and we started talking. Oh, I can make you, a, you know, a replacement or a clone it or something like that. And we just got to talking more and more, you know, and got to be friends. You know, we think a lot alike. We hear things a lot alike, so it works out good. You know, I love his stuff. It's great. You know, everything he's done for me, I can't thank him enough for sure. Definitely. That's awesome. That was a great question, Brian. Yeah, so it just kind of snowballed into a friendship, you know, after that. And, uh, and uh, you know, and for me, it was, it was kind of like, uh, it, was, it was, I was meeting someone that I l looked up to when I was a kid, when I was going to see you guys. So, uh, I was a kid then, too. Well, I know you, you were a kid. I mean, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're yeah, we're uh, the, yeah, like yeah, whatever. We're eight years apart or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, you were a kid too. You weren't that much older than I was. Yeah. You were in your early twenties, and I was in fifteen, sixteen years old or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You know, yeah, trying so. trying to make your way, man. Because I know we were trying to break a lot of the rules, a lot of the traditions that were in place as we were coming up. Like I say, we came up in that cover band culture, and there wasn't a lot of people that wanted you to just play one set of all originals and stuff like that. You know, we're mm -hmm. that was that was really early on where we started doing that kind of business because before you really weren't allowed to. You know, it, it changed things a lot. You know, or we changed things a lot. I thought that was pretty neat. Ruled with an iron fist, right? 
pretty much. Well, we were just, we were just trying to play by your own rules, yeah. you know, whatever you can do. We were just, weren't we just talking about that? Like, uh, back in the day, it's like, uh, you, you know, some of the club owners would, would, would go, okay, you can play for the door. And, and yeah. then, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, five, six hundred people or seven hundred people came to see you. And and then they're like, well, wait, you can't have that money at the door. No. You know, like they weren't thinking that many people were going to come see you. And and that, that's, oh, yeah. that's when the yeah. baseball bats came out, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know. <laughs> the, road, the road crew's like coming with bats and going. Uh, no, you're going to pay us. No. The agreement yeah. was we're gonna wreck your bar. <laughs> we're gonna, yeah. Well, you have two choices. You can pay us, or we're gonna wreck your bar. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to Detroit. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> and that is very that much great. Detroit, right there. That's great. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. cool. Um, Good memories, man. I mean, they really are. You can't you can't beat memories like that. You know, it's just like wow, all, all the shit that that you've gotten to do because of all of that back then. Even just sitting here talking to you guys now, wow, it's just all connected to that. You know, it blows me away. I appreciate it. It's awesome. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. thanks. thanks for coming on. We're, I love I love it. It's great. Um, we have a question, Dave. A couple people asked, and I don't know if you want to uh, give this at, at this point, but do you know what the price point of the new B- BE50 is going to be, Deluxe? I do believe it's going to be uh, $34.99. Uh, I mean, to be honest, it really has more features than than the actual BE100 amp. And really, to make an amp 50 watts or 100 watts, it's it's so little difference in price, you know. And, and actually, we it, we reduce it m- more in price than it actually, you know, the reduction of cost to make it. So. So that's right. kind of what it's got to be to be a hand-wired amp. It's still a hand-wired amp, and and right. um, oh. so it's not, you know, it's not a PC board amp. It's not like the Ronch amps or anything like that. So it's still the high-end hand-wired. Yeah, and it sounds like it's going to be an awesome amp. <laughs> so yeah, very I want to try one, man. Yeah, it sounds great. Right, maybe that's your next amp, Dave. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> got lots of options for you. Yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah, you tweet so. Just curious. So when you, because I haven't played the uh, the Bucks and Betty. Um, you said the clean. It's the clean from that. How is that different than what say the BE clean right now? It's kind of a more um, sparkly, fendery, round sort of clean than the regular BE. Um, it's got a little different feel to it. It's got a little different uh, sparkle to it. It's just it's. Uh, it's definitely a Fender-esque sort of clean channel. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Really good. Really good with pedals, too. Excellent. Um, so, Dave Black, you recently yeah. you recently got a Friedman guitar, didn't you? I did. I love which, it. Which one did, which one did you get? Where is it? Do you want to see it? Can I grab yeah. it? Yeah. Let's see yeah. it. Let's see it. Was it uh, the was it the T? Yeah, vintage T. Yeah, Dave's a long time tele user. Uh, he used to have a, a '60s red Telecaster that was painted Ferrari red. It wasn't original. Uh, it was a '60s Strat. Um, 
that he got stolen a few years ago. So oh. uh, we had it forever from the day back when I used to see him. Right. All right. So let's see. I'm going to put the camera on. Get the shot. There. The there shot. we go. Oh, that's nice. White cheese. P90 in the neck. White headstock. Ooh. I love that. Ooh. Nah, it's, it's a great guitar, man. Great feeling guitar. Can you show the back too? There you go. Uh, that's great. Signed. Signed. By Grover. David Grover. Very nice. No, that's my number one now. It's a great playing guitar. It feels great. It feels great. I just been putting miles on it just so it gets loosened up, you know? It's great. That's great. Grover makes a great guitar. So. Yeah, it's got a great resonance to it. You hit a core A chord, and then the whole body of the guitar goes, you know, like a tuning fork. It's, it's got a great resonance to it, which most tellies don't, you know, and it's just like that one does. It, it's great. It's a lot of fun to play. I think, that, cool. I think that has a lot to do with the steel dowel pins that are in the neck pocket. Um, you hip to that, Dave? You know about that, right? To me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's got two steel dowel pins that come out of the body in the neck pocket, uh, kind of reasonably large around, and then the neck has holes that match it. So it sandwiches together, and the neck can't shift at all. Um, It's a zero-shift neck joint. So once you screw the bolts in the back, it's like really like one piece of wood. And when you think about the these metal dowels going up into the from the body into the actual neck. Think about the the transference of of tone because of that. And that that has to do with the vibrations of that guitar. Um, And and all the vintage tees and the the callies that we do all have that neck joint. And they they ring a certain way. And they're exactly, they're very very connected (laughs) to each other. You know, the neck and body are very connected to each other. And and I'm convinced it's that Hmm. because it rings different than most guitars. In a way, it makes it more musical because everything resonates so much more. It's just kind of it's it's alive in your hands. It's not like how some fenders you play where you're just kind of like stroking wire. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it feels like you're dragging something down a chain link fence. It doesn't <laughs> feel like that. It's a lot smoother. You know, really nice, really super cool. Right, super cool. Is that a uh, patented feature, Dave? I what? don't think I don't think it's patented. Um... Uh, it's a good question for that's a question for Grover. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm curious because I don't know of any other companies that do I, it. I do know of a couple other companies that like um, do not exactly the same way, but a couple similar things. I know uh, Leo Scala Guitars does. Um, he does some little like wood sort of fins that stick up out of the body, and and the neck goes on. It kind of does the same concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, just not the metal. Um, so uh, it's a similar idea, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know Eddie Van Halen uh, would do like a sunken screw, like an extra sunken screw underneath the, you know, the plate sometimes. Really? Yeah, at least that's what I had heard on the 5150 and a couple other guitars. Do you know that, Dave, for a fact? Yeah, he, he, he was pretty – well, isn't that why some of the – was it the Music Man guitars that had 
Wait, what? What of these guitars didn't they have five or six screws in the neck plate? I think I think it was the Music Man. The Music Man had like six screws. That's sort of where that came because because when when Ed would jump around on stage and do these huge scissor kick jumps and stuff and come down, his uh, guitars his neck would shift if he banged it you know hard, and he was pretty hard on it. And uh, and as soon as it did that, the whole thing's out of tune, you know. Right. And uh, you have to pull it back in into tune. You'd have to yank it back. Um, so anything to stabilize that neck is a, is a good thing, really. Um, I remember him telling me, him showing me one time. He uh, he goes, "Come here, feel this." He made me feel his shin, and it, it's like it's like a, a a a rocky road. You know, it's like all bumpy, right? And he goes, "That's because when I used to jump up on the drum riser." You know, and all the in the back in the day, right? In order to stop myself from falling into the drum kit, I would, I would drag my back leg and smack it against the thing to stop myself on my shin, oh. and it would just put these divots and dents and dings in his shin. I remember him telling me that story, and I'm like, going, oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I've seen I've seen you do that, and that's what he does. If you look at old footage, he stops himself with his leg. So he doesn't fall into the the drummer. The drummer. Wow. Because wow. he goes full bore running up and jumps up onto it, you know. And, yeah. And that's. Uh, well, that's why he needed a hip replacement. Probably. Uh, well, that yeah that yeah well yeah that that had a lot to do with it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Getting old. Yeah. Abusing well, your body like abuse, that. Yeah. Drunk, falling down. You know everything. You know. <laughs> all those things that that'll hurt. That all all that stuff. Me. All that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, let's see. Uh, I know we have some other questions here. Um, oh, speaking of Detroit, this is the Guitar Guru Network. Hey, Keith, what's going on, buddy? Uh, he says, "What are your thoughts on Heritage guitars, Dave?" Which Dave? I don't know. Let's say both of you guys. <laughs> Uh, uh, I think Heritage Guitars, I mean, it's still built by some of the Gibson craftsmen that were originally there at Gibson. Um, I think it's a brand that's been overlooked a bit. I mean, I think it, I think they make a good guitar. Um, I don't, uh, I think, uh, I don't know about the headstock on their guitars kind of bugged me a little bit, but, um, I think it's a brand that someone could have done something more with, um, but I don't think they they were kind of promoted more in the jazz world, sort of, than the the rock world. It's true. But re- realistically, yeah. the guitar, their Les Paul is every much a Les Paul, and their three thirty five is every much a three thirty five. Probably nicer, to be honest, than what's currently made. Yes, I was going to say what's currently coming out of there. Yeah, you know. Wow, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You know, so... No, same story. I, remember, I thought it was like the last couple Gibson guys trying to hang on to the Kalamazoo thing. Yeah, you know, it's actually, actually, yeah. It alive, you know. And the, when I got my 335, the guy walked in the store with uh, my blonde 335 and a brown Gibson Heritage. Mm-hmm. And he had them both, and we took them both. And, yeah, side by side, they're both beautiful, but I could never get past the headstock, you know. Yeah, the headstock was a problem, you know? yeah, the headstock yeah. was a problem. Um, just being a tradition, you know, whatever, yeah, you know, aesthetically. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the funny thing is to, to try to find a head, you know, you're making a new guitar, 
try to find a headstock that you can use legally and that you don't hate and that everyone doesn't hate. It's not so easy because generally people want to see the Fender headstock or the Gibson headstock and and all that. So I think we got lucky because people seem to like our headstock. So uh, I, I, I think it's great. It's, it's bigger than a Fender headstock. Well, it depends on which Fender headstock. Well, yeah, you know, but like next to a stock telly, you know what I mean? It's well, the telly, know, it's much bigger than the telly yeah. one, but uh, distance from the tuner to the nut, yeah, it's it, yeah, but it's cool. But, yeah, uh, no, I like the bevel, and, and even your Dave uh, Black, your yours with the white and black, it looks nice. Okay. White headstock, yeah, yeah, great, man. but it's got the no, the black Friedman part, yeah, it looks nice. Dave, does your your guitar have a black and gold logo or a black and white logo? Oh, uh, black and gold. You want a black and white one? Do I want a black and white logo? Yeah. No, I like it the way it is. Okay. I don't want to touch nothing on it now. I got it just the way I yeah. like it. I Leave it alone. Anything. Don't even look yeah, at it. I've been, I've been monkeying with this thing since the day I got it. Just going at it day after day, you know, and now it feels, <laughs> you pick it up and like I think you said, you know, yeah, make it yours, bro. And I have that, you know, so. Yeah. Like it takes yeah. Oh, time I know. Yeah. You took the sander to it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, what did you? Oh, that's yeah, right. You yeah, guys yeah. were telling me at, at Nam. What did you do to it again? Took the neck down a little oh, bit more. Shit. Well, the neck was just a little bit round for me, so I flattened it out a little bit. You know, nothing really crazy or anything. I don't know. That's cool. Take the finish off it. You know, make it comfortable. Nothing wrong with that. It's your yeah. guitar, man. Yeah, I like I like it when it feels broken. You know, I don't like shiny plastic coat stuff. You know. Um. So we got a quite oh, I, lo I love guitars that are broken in. I mean, except for when they arrive broken, but. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, like your new one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's all right. It's all do good. Have, do you have your new one there? It's in the other room. Ah. Uh, uh, there's. Oh. What is it? Oh, that was Pete Thorne who just kind of walked right past yes, you. Yes, everyone saw you anyway, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he hold it, held a guitar up, he held a telly on his way by. He goes, "I'm not here." That's funny. <laughs> um, you know, I, I had a heritage. Just going back to that question, I had a heritage Les Paul. It wasn't the headstock um, that bothered me the, the most about the guitar. I ended up selling it. It was the neck was a bit thin for me. Um, I don't know if they make a different kind of, you know, the more 50 style fatter neck, but the one that I had gotten, I bought secondhand and I, I wasn't thrilled with the neck. So it's I got probably it. perfect for Dave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, right, that's an old school Detroit thing, actually. Thin necks and a low action. That was always the standard that you judged the guitar by when you were younger, you know? Oh, yeah. How skinny is the neck? How low is the action? For some reason, that mattered. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's true. <laughs> um, Pete goes by again with the guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Everyone knows it's you, so you might as well. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, the Guitar Guru Network says, love the way Dave Black rolls. Easy. I like his background behind him. I got to get something fancy going like that. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's good. And then someone asked, uh, what, what guitar broke? So I'll tell the story. And um, so I, I ordered a, um, 
and and Grover's awesome. Grover Jackson is just a fantastic guy, and he's been very cool about it. Um, I ordered a Concord from him for uh, GJ Two Guitars. That's uh, his other brand that he does, and um, and it, it it came. It was looked beautiful and everything, and I got it, and and it arrived. I got it shipped overnight, and the guitar unfortunately got damaged in shipping, and the V, the top of the V, popped cracked off of it so um it's still playable and everything but uh so we, we filed a claim and everything and it's gonna he's building me another one so and i'll probably end up having the i think ups is gonna want the guitar actually beyond yeah dave it's funny you mentioned that the other night dave friedman yeah because uh he wrote me that this morning actually what that ups may want the guitar Oh, yeah, generally, if they're going to file a claim like that, they do. It's great when they don't, though. <laughs> yeah. Then you get yeah, two. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. He said that they, they mentioned it, but we'll see what happens. Right now, I've, I'm holding on to it. So, Wow. Here, Adam Adam said something in the, in the chat here. He goes, never say an unkind word to, about seduce to a Detroiter. They <laughs> 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 hit you over the head with a baseball bat out of the back of their car. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, why does he have firsthand experience? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and uh, cousin Vinny says Dave's right. The heritage head to- headstock sucks. Um, <laughs> you know, on the Les Paul, I don't think it's as bad the Les Paul style, but on the three thirty five style, I oh, don't it's like really it. bad on the three thirty five. Yeah, yeah, it's not as noticeable <laughs> on the. The, the uh, Les Paul. It's bad, but <laughs> I mean, they're um, really nice guitars. I just, I, 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 there's just something, you know, it's like, it's like, here, guys, here's what you should do. Here's my ideas, and uh, you'll make a better guitar and you'll sell more of them. <laughs> and that's, that's what someone needs to do. And yep. market, market, it, and market it to. Was an older guy's guitar. It, it, well, yeah, but it doesn't have to be because it's just like you know built like the old Les Paul or something. So, right, and it, yeah. it literally is built like an older Les Paul because that's what they did. That's the guys right. that still work there, you know, and a couple of the guys that are still from the original Gibson plant. I wonder if it's a case of they maybe they just don't want to get that big. There's only so much they can produce, and that's just the way it is. I don't know. You know, some companies are they still that. in business now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's like it's like G and L guitars. <laughs> they never go away. Yeah, I think they're still in Kalamazoo. Wow. Yeah, same factory. Yeah, yeah. I remember Steve Goodale going to Kalamazoo when Gibson closed the factory and had like rolls of the like stickers that they used to put in three thirty fives. They just had bins of crap they threw out behind. The Gibson factory when they closed it, he went up there and rummaged through all. Yeah, all sorts of things, pickups, all sorts of crap that they let go. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, back in the day, that that would have been a good time to do that. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. Yeah. Dumpster diving. Yeah, totally. I'm into it. Um, let's see. Uh, so what is someone said? What what telly is Pete holding? Dave Nesdal said, "I don't know." Oh, like you a, know what? I think that might have been a Sir Telly that he was walking through the the the, the room with. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure it was. What's up, Dave Nesdal? Um, 
let's see. Uh, let's see. Any any other questions? I'm going to go back. Yeah, I'm trying um, to. I'm I'm trying to mull over these questions too in here. I'm looking over. Um, okay. So all right. So the, while you're looking, so we got the October first. You're releasing the Buxom Boost and. I'm drawing blank on the other one. What was the other panel? Dirty Shirley. Dirty Shirley. That's right. They're both October 1st. Uh, and when I say releasing, that means they're already at the stores, and they will be releasing them for sale. So, Because uh, it, takes, it takes, you know, like sending it off to GC, it takes like three or four weeks for them to go to their distribution center and then actually distribute to the stores. I'm sure Dave knows about that. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, you know, it takes that. And inevitably, you know, someone will probably sell it a little bit before the, the, the time. It happens. That, that happens, and, and so be it. But technically, it will be available October 1st. Mm-hmm. All the dealers and uh, on our website. So Cool. So you'll um, be able to get it. And if you haven't checked out the videos from Sean Tubbs yet on both the pedals, they're both out now. Just go to YouTube and go to Sean Tubbs uh, or search Sean Tubbs and you'll find the videos for both the Bucks and Boost and the uh, Dirty Shirley pedal. And they're fabulous videos that Sean did. Very informative and really great tones Yeah, that he did on them. Great player. Yeah. yeah, monster, and but they're very informative. I really appreciate how he talked about each knob and what it does, and what you're going to hear, and 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 how it works. You know, that was really it. Really gave people a good starting point to go. Okay, I get it. All right, great. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. His videos are very good. Yeah. Um, there was another question. I think it was Mully who asked, Dave, what is the tweed amp behind you? Dave Friedman. On the floor over here? Uh, there's a tweed little combo. It's a, a, a it's Pete Thorne's Vox AC15. It's not. Uh, it's like a hand-wired AC15, a new one. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the – it looks like a Fender tweed, like up on a shelf up there or something. Oh, uh, I think it's a Fender Champ, an old one, but with a re Retolex box. Oh, okay. Everybody's checking out. Everyone, the whole... everyone always picks out something in my room here. Yeah, like, I don't, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Probably like, like Guild Electric in like, the corner. Seriously, like, it. like my bench is littered. Let's see if we can turn and see. The bench is littered with amps right now. <laughs> wow, so, multitasking. So um, I'm like, I don't even know what's in the room. <laughs> You've been working on that rack for a while, too. No, that rack's done. It's just uh, it's sitting here till the guy comes Monday. Oh, so. cool. Very good. Um, yeah, so. There's a question from Matthew Harrison. Dave F., any chance of your Butter Slack Synergy model or module or any of your signature heads as Synergy, as synergy modules? Um. I, the the possibility exists. I, I, it de- just depends on the deal that we would strike with the the artist. So, um, 
Maybe. Let's just say maybe. It's it's possible for sure. Okay. Um, when will Sweetwater have the, the new BE50 question? Well, technically they have one right this minute, but it, it's coming back to us for a second because we changed something on the panel for them. Um, I don't know when they're officially going to launch it for sale. I would say probably, <coughs> I'm guessing a, a couple weeks or something. No, oh, that's not too long. Okay, Feel ahead. free to call them and bug the living crap out of them. <laughs> you know? They'll be like, what the heck's going on? We have a bunch of pre-orders. There you go. We haven't even announced it. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll be, sorry, we're so- sorry it went live and we sold out. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been picking up a lot of buzz on uh, – on the on the social media and on the uh, uh, forums, a couple forums. I'll have to check out. The, I'm sure it's on the gear page, right? There's probably a gear it's on the page. gear page. Oh yeah, there's a big discussion going on, and of course, with multiple pages as usual. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, it's on Rig Talk also, and uh, a couple posts on Facebook too about it that cool. have some comments and things. We got a comment. Really from... cool. No, I can't wait. Can't wait to hear it. Um, we have a comment from Mully. He says, I'm pretty sure I, sh- sure I saw Seduce at Annie's in Cincinnati back in the 80s. Is yep. that possible? Oh, yeah, yeah? D- Dave? Oh, yeah, a few times. Sure, sure. I used to play there, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah now now Mully lives in Japan, but, uh, yeah, he was from Cincinnati. Yeah, what was the background on you, Mully? So you were you – were, where were you from originally, and now you live in Japan? What do you do in Japan? He actually teaches English. Oh. Yeah, he teaches, uh, I think, first grade. Oh. I, I think something like that. Teaches little kids. And he yeah. also, yeah, and he does it, on, does it on the side, I think, also. But, he, yeah, he teaches English, which is very cool. I see something here. Mully, Mully said uh, that, uh, tell Dave I'm the one that won the Buffer Bay. Won it right. from who? Uh, he wanted from the Guitar Guru Network. Remember that? Okay, <laughs> I was thinking that <laughs> that might be who it was, but um, that's killer. Great, thanks, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, uh, let's see, what kind of scotch, Dave Friedman? You want to know? What we? Uh, my partner Rob got me a bottle that I had never had. It's a, a, a kind of expensive bottle, Highland Park. Um, which I think is an offshoot of McCollum. Hmm. 18-year scotch. I don't know that much about it, to be honest. So It was pretty good, though. Very good. Cool. Um, so, Dave Black, what's been going on with you, man? What have you been up to? Um, hanging around here, getting ready to do some studio shows, writing some songs, playing. Same as you. You know, same thing. It's just your day to day, you know. That's cool. No big, super huge plans or anything. Always playing. Always trying to do something. Get ahead, you know. Yeah. Oh, there's some plans, but we'll see if they yeah come about. Can't announce it yet. <laughs> yeah, a couple little things. A couple little cool things, you know. Oh, good to hear. 
Always fishing for new stuff to work on. Always fishing for new stuff to hear and listen to. New stuff to do, you know. I do a lot of playing with people around here that, that you know, I try and get into their thing. You know what I mean? And it kind of kind of makes you a better musician by exposing yourself to different things, you know. So mm -hmm. I'm yeah, try Dave, to do that whenever I can, too. Dave also plays in another really cool band, Crud. Crud with, with, uh, with Vinny Dombrowski from Sponge. Yeah. yeah I got some <laughs> stuff coming up with them. Yeah. Good band. Kind of industrial, goth, kind of, you know, I don't know. Sounds weird to use the labels anymore. I can't even do it anymore. You know what I mean? What you call music. It's just, I, you know, people label everything so hard now. You know. Well, they su they've subcategorized things in such a crazy way. It's like, I don't even know. What, maybe we're just old. Um, uh, but... You know, you just seen so much of it. You well, know? I mean, it's like okay, now you got metal, but you got like so many different sorts of metal. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, there's 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 math rock, and there's this, and there's that, and and I'm like stoner rock. I don't know th thrash metal and this and that, blah blah blah, stoner rock. And I kind of understand stoner rock. I get metal, but all the subgenres of metal, it's kind of like really, I don't know. I always heard those were, those were the words that people made up that couldn't play in bands. Ah, uh, yeah, could be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, reporters or, you know, critics, whatever, blog, you know, whatever. People, they, they, they find it necessary to try and label something instead of just letting it be or whatever. I don't know. You know what I mean? I get, it drives me crazy. I can't do it. You know, I don't know. It's either good or bad. Those are the labels I need, you know. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's I just want to know if it's rock music. Is it rock? You know, like that. That's the only category I need to know. Is it country? Is yeah. it rock? Is it classical? You know, like what? What, what kind of music? is it? Pop? You know, that that's that's like I used to have like four or five categories. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. you had like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. In in the kind of rock genre, you had like. Well, there was like classic rock, and then there was hard rock, and then there was uh, metal. Right, exactly. That was it. Or, or maybe thrash, rock, thrash you know. metal yeah. and progressive rock. Okay, okay, we'll give that. Um, yeah. And punk. And punk, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much it, punk, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, does there need to be that maybe many? that's when all the labels started happening, right around punk, you know? That's when people started naming stuff. Yeah, and then it yeah, was a true. new new wave, alternative. Hardcore, you know, all of it, yeah. You know. Hardcore, steampunk, something, <laughs> something. <Yeah>. Steampunk. <laughs> well, there's steampunk bands. Are there? Really? Yeah. There are steampunk bands. I actually, a friend of mine plays in a steampunk band, and it, it's uh, a, a band called Granny Four Barrel. Uh, and it's pretty... It's actually pretty damn cool. What, what's, really, what's, what's the premise? Like, tell me. Like. Uh, you know what? Just go look on YouTube and look up Granny Four Barrel, and you'll you'll get it. They're pretty cool, actually. I liked it. Okay. A lot, a lot of humor, but the 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 the, the um, singer dresses up sort of like an old a granny, literally, <laughs> like with like. But it's very steampunk, and it's it's uh, it's. It's cr it's some crazy stuff, but it, it's cool. It's 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 fun. It's that's fun. Cool. That's the thing. It's it's fun and it's aggressive and fun and and uh, you know no one's taking themselves too seriously, mm -hmm. which is which is fun. You know, it's fun to watch. 
So that's cool. I'll check it out. Um, Thomas Dolby did the crazy steampunk thing. You oh, yeah? seen his trip? Yeah, yeah. He did like a whole steampunk tour bus that he drove around in and shit. Like crazy. Oh, did he? No, like, I didn't see like, that. Like to the nth degree of steampunk. Yeah, he went wild on it. It was great. Wow. You know? I had a buddy of mine who wanted to start a steampunk band. It's like, bro, what's it going to sound like? What is it going to be? You know, you know, I understand what it's going to look like. What does the steampunk sound like? You know, I don't know. Right. Uh, whatever you make it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess, you know. Uh, so D- Dave Black, we've got a great compliment here for you from Valerie, oh. Valerie Teacher. She says, hey, Dave, you wore the red skinny jeans like no one ever back in the 80s. <laughs> nice. I'll take that. <laughs> he, pro- he, he probably still has them. Yeah. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm blushing, dude. Wow. That's hey. Hilarious. That's, you know, he'll take it. <laughs> I, I used to, you know, when I was in the... When I was in high school around back then, I would wear, uh, what was it? Uh, I had, I, I did wear parachute pants at one point. I have to, no yeah, really embarrassed to say, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Yeah. There was an era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then before that, it was like, you know, I was wearing like Jordash and shit. I don't know. Crazy. I was never, wow. yeah, I wasn't really the, uh, I was more of the fashion guy back, back when I was in like high school. Than I was like the guy who sh- just should have been wearing jeans and just chilling. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I was I was not very cool in high school. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Wait, I, I I have something here. Someone said for Dave, Craig Phillips said, ask Dave Black about blasting his sound at the mall on the way back from a gig. Oh Jesus! Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, tell us the story. You yeah, tell you yeah what's one? that story? This is a friend of mine from high school. So is this, this he had Craig a van. I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just bought a high watt, hundred watt head, and I had a Stratocaster. And we were driving back from a buddy of mine's house with the gear in the back of his van. And when I was a kid, before I could play in bands, I used to like to play outside. I just set up a stack in my folks' backyard. They live on a <laughs> lake, and you just crank the fuck out of it, and it's just echoing everywhere, you know? So we're driving by the mall, and I'm like, wow, man, check that out, man. I wonder what this would sound like in the mall. So we pull up, and I grab the head out of the van. There's an electrical outlet on the wall, so I plug it in, hit the power switch, the lights. It's like, okay, that's cool. So you throw a couple cabinets out, throw it on, just crank it, going wild in the parking lot of the mall but i didn't know that i set up the amplifier against the back wall of the movie theaters (laughs) (laughs) so like all these security guards came busting out the door and i'm standing there like 15 years old like you know what are you doing guitars like just you know yeah Pack that shit up and get out of here. Yeah, it was great. You know, I don't know. I just, I just loved to make rackets so much when I was a kid. Didn't care where, didn't care with who, and it's still kind of like that. You know, it's just, you know, just that doing that. You know, I've always wanted to do that. It's great. That's so funny. <laughs> always wanted to do that. That is so funny. That's a great you know, story. Yeah. You know, when I was. Oh, uh, 
you know, in Venice Beach, they've got people who just kind of just set up and just just play, right? And um, there was one time there was a there was a girl. And I've been playing drums for many years, and uh, there was this woman that was set up, and she was playing she was playing drums, and she really sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just was begging her to let me get on the drum set. And uh, she would not let me get on the drum set. But I wanted to just play. It was like on the beach, outside. I was like, oh, man, I want to do this so badly. But she wouldn't let me, <laughs> despite my despite my begging. Oh, there's Pete. There's Pete. Say hi, Pete. Hey. How's it going? I can't hear. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's happening? Oh, can I? All right. We'll share. Oh, oh wow. This is We're so joining in. What's hey, Pete. Happening? How are you, buddy? Hey, Pete. What are you guys you know doing? Dave Black? Can you guys see me? We can oh, see yeah. you. Yeah, we, yeah he's... What are you guys talking about? You guys talking about, like, cars or something? Well, Dave was telling a great story. Someone asked on the chat hmm. about, tell us about blasting your sound at the mall. Oh. And, and then he tells the story that he bought this high-watt amp. Okay. And he's driving along. Um, I don't know. You can fill him in, Dave. He's driving along. He's driving along, and, and you tell the story. I you just, I just heard it. So, so we pull over, and we decide, you know, wow, let's throw this shit up on back of the mall and see what it sounds like. So you plug it in, turn it on, wick it up, just go wild for a couple of minutes. It just sounds great, just echoing down this all oh, this concrete shit, you know. But we set it all up against the back wall of the movie theater, and everybody's in there watching movies while I'm going wild out in the alley on the other side of the wall. <laughs> yeah, they ran us out, man. So go then the home. security came. Out. <laughs> what yeah, the hell? Go home. Get out of here. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. And you were 15, you said. Yeah. Before I was like in bands or anything, I just wanted to just do it so bad. I would just go anywhere and just play uh, anywhere, you know, anywhere. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The back be the, the back parking lot of the movie theater. I like it. Yeah. And, yeah, great. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So Pete, how was uh, Japan? Oh, it was great. A lot of fun. Uh ton of fun. Um was there a long time? You know, it's hard work, they work hard over there. Yeah, long days, long rehearsals. Everybody's working hard, so it's it's, but it's great. I love it. That's cool. Yeah, it looked like looked like a lot of fun. Oh, big yeah. shows. Yeah, the shows are amazing. Yeah, yeah. shows are really fun. Yeah, that was a big one. Someone was asking uh, um, in the chat uh, when you're going to be doing uh, a Friedman pedal uh, review. I think. Uh, oh, the Dirty Shirley. The he's given them to me. This guy. So I just got to do it. In the next two weeks. Yeah, I'll knock one out pretty quick. Two. <laughs> yeah, someone asked in the chat. I don't what? Know. You're breaking up. I can't. Oh, you're right there. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> two. Two videos. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so, no, that's cool. That's great. Yeah, I'm glad, glad you had a good time in Japan. And uh, now I, I, I have to ask, is, is the gray hair, is that a – is that a new thing, or is, is real. kind of purple? Purple, really, right? Oh, okay. Kind of purple or gray. Started out blue, and now, or it was kind of like titanium, and now I don't know what. Now it is. it's titanium purple. It's faded into yeah. The sides are real. <laughs> the top is not. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, because I, I saw when I saw you, some pictures of you playing, I was like, someone even commented, they're like, oh, where, 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 do you, where do you get the gray hair? I was like, oh, it does look gray. 
out of a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> On the sides, there's some real gray. <laughs> not like you, though. No, not like me. <laughs> That's all right. I take I, I take care of it myself. Got to have a little fun. Yeah, man. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so, what have you been? What have you been up to? Uh, trying to get over my jet lag. Really, it's like I got back a week ago. That's about it. And uh, but no, I've made a few videos. I put out another one today. I put up kind of a cool video actually on EQ and guitars uh, using this really cool pedal. It's a Tech Twenty One pedal called the Q Strip. It's kind of like a Neve sort of thing in a pedal like it's, mm. a, it's like a dual parametric mid band eq it's real powerful it's cool people don't get that excited about eq but it's actually really cool like for one sound i used it in front of an amp and just cranked the mids and got kind of a cool sort of stuck wall thing and mm. crank the level you know you can do all kinds of things you can use like the underappreciated pedal it's the underappreciated pedal but also the pedal that someone could have d- disastrous results with yeah. <laughs> yeah. If well, they don't know what they're doing. If they don't know what they're doing. But it's always been a cool you, – you've probably known a ton of great guitar players. This used to be more of a thing in the 80s where guys would use EQs in their loops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like a parametric to mm-hmm. kind of shape the tone. And, I mean, Mesa's obviously they had to look graphic. Right, yeah. right, right. Kind of fun, though. You Nothing wrong with that as long as you know what you're doing. Yeah. Really kind of cool. I mean, should I, I used to know guys who used, like, 31 band graphics and stuff. In their... That's too many options. 31 31 wow. band graphic in your guitar amp that's way too many options man the, you know. wow yeah ten. i remember using the pq3 back in the day there you the go yeah one, right. the four-way one yeah and you use that yeah. front right to boost right yeah yeah that and that, that like a lot who else did that what how how early was that that was before you did the dbx thing or no that was like that was like we would use it with the h and h and all that stuff oh okay Dummy load and you know that thing just to try and keep it all together, you know. I don't know. Oh, uh, did good. you put the did you put the PQ three after your amp before the? Uh, uh, I think it was in the loop before two, the power amp. Mistaken. It was a while ago. I think we put it in the loop too. Oh, in the loop. It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but those yeah. were used by who else used a PQ? That was real famous. Uh, a Warren Martini. I think he used it early right. on a little bit. And somebody else. Uh, uh Dimebag. Was a real Daryl used big it. Part of their tone. I'm back. Probably not a lot of people know that, so it's a whole. No, no, that's a cool thing. Boosting in front of a, a stock Marshall, With that. just boost the shit out of it. Yeah. yeah, EQ it how you want. It's great. Yeah, it's noisy in front, now. In front, or are you talking about? In a, front. Yeah, in front. Yeah. You know, back back in the back in the day, I mean, like everyone put everything in front. Right, because I mean, it was, it was, it was like they used lexicons and stuff in front of their amp and everything, because it was just like sure. four input Marshalls and cranked up and. Right. Boost it with the EQ and Stand back. <laughs> did did like a little uh, doubler with the delay. You know that was or a little common the, thing. Right, using the chord delays in front. Yeah, stand back. That's all they knew. That's all they had. Yeah, you know. Yeah, sticking stuff in the front. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with that. They 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 made do with what little they had. You know, like they they just found their sounds with and got some amazing sounds. You know, I'm yeah. thinking about this. They they were forced to get sounds, unique sounds, just like you, Dave. You yeah. used that DBX in your thing, sure. and you got this sound, and that was a sound, oh, and yeah. and that a unique sound, and and a lot of great players had these unique sounds, like uh, you know Ty Tabor from Kings X and Brian May, Eddie Van Halen and Brian May, and, mm-hmm. and it was all about 
like little things to boost other things and 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 the the, the culmination of all these things together made this cool uh, signature sound. We talked, and then later they change amps and they ruin their whole scene. Yeah, and well, we talk these days. We talk a lot about like you know modelers and stuff, which are all cool and you know great great uses for those things and stuff, and and also just kind of like real versatile amps with tons of features and stuff like that. But the reality, when I th- I was thinking about this the other day, to talk about kind of the decline of guitar in popular music or whatever. Or I, I noticed something with a lot of young guitar players. There's a lot of young guitar players are really great, right? But there's this thing these days. I thought a lot about this like yesterday. Mm-hmm. This thing these days where basically they don't know that much. Like th- like their idea of tone is, mm-hmm. and this is largely a, a product of the, like I see in the the way the industry I'm in is being a side guy a lot of times. You got to go out and use a rental amp and stuff. And it's just kind of dictated to you, you know? So a lot of young guitar players are used to like, I don't know, a hot rod DeVille, get me whatever, right? And they get a basic amp with a decent clean channel, and then they shove some pedals in the guitar, and they use pedals for everything. And they don't really know anything about the stuff we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like taking a, you know, an old Marshall that, you know, and like boosting it with something to get your, because they're used to using some pedal for their distortion. So, so basically their idea of a guitar tone is sort of kind of a very neutral kind of raw, clean sound, and then some pedals. And it's like, that's huge. And then if it's not that, it's like modeling, you know, I'll use a Kemper or whatever. And then I'll just get, and, and what it's kind of done is sort of turned the guitar into almost, it's kind of, I've started to compare it. Sort of like a keyboard sound. It's almost like the guitar Generic. is like another synthesizer sort of sound, you know, where it's just a, it's just another thing. And it's not like this, you know, think about that. Oh, and contra- contrast that with like yeah. Brian May. Or here, here's what, here's what I want to hear. You want something cool, you know, Take your fucking fuzz pedal and plug it into an old Ampeg amp and crank that fucker on ten and see what that motherfucker sounds like. Right. Yeah. That's out, that's out, that'll scare that'll knock the, the birds out of the air. Right. I mean it, it'll scare the living bejesus out of everyone in sight. And but that's a cool about, tone. That's like a Queens of the Stone Age kind of thing. Right. You know, yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. that sounds like Josh right yeah. there. You know, and that's cool. Right. That's cool. Or Royal Blood, right? Like those guys. Yeah. That guy's got a whole rig designed around, like mm-hmm. you know, however he switches. Couple them, bunch of amps and and, and the bass and switching like, in, yeah, low strings. He's got a whole thing, mm-hmm. and there it's like a one example of like many of them these days. But a guy that's no. got a thing. It's like, yeah, George Pahone too, doing that same thing with Cairo Knife Fight. He's doing sure. the switching, the same mm-hmm. thing, bass and kicking in different amps and yeah. and layers of stuff and right. and it, it and it and it's just give me you know it doesn't really art. matter it, it, just give me something interesting you know it's and don't be afraid to turn it up and and just which doesn't exist anymore really but but it will it, well it doesn't but it can it doesn't that it doesn't that band and like i always said when we talk about this modeler debate and stuff yeah those bands are never using modelers. Generally not. You're not going to see Queens of the Stone Age use an Axe Effects. No, but you know what? If some guy You're not came going to use Royal Axe... Blood either. I, I totally know. agree. But if some guy came out with an Axe Effects and cranked it, like however cranking it up with an Axe Effects, it, 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 to me it's like just somebody that's got a real unique thing. 
that jazzes other guitar like whoa what is that and kids go that's crazy that sounds insane because that's yeah. what happened you gotta scare kids. the living shit out of people yeah you freak people <laughs> out with how good it sounds and that's what'll revitalize guitar because right now it's just kind of like oh guitar it's like oh i could play guitar i could play keyboards i could play bass i could play it's all the same whatever it's just kind of like one of the sounds in that it's like no no back in the day it was like that was like insane sounding right like you know? do you remember the time we were at the we're, we're at the amp show and yeah. Zach Wild was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we were at the LA Amp Show, and Zach Wild came into George Metropolis's room, and he's like, "Let's string well, these." Yeah, yeah. You you were playing like, "Let's let's turn on." Let me show you what I do. And he plugged into two freaking hundred watt half stacks, and turned them on ten into the hotel room. Yeah, he was plugging it in, and Pete was playing, was and cool. it was like this. He was his beer it was like this Sonic. <laughs> Sonic, you you sit there and literally it was so loud, so and but it was warm. It was nice. It, it was so loud. It almost felt like you were floating out of the room because the the, the sound <laughs> pressure level was so intense on stage. You, you know that feel. You, I'm sure you remember the days when you were playing on stage, Dave. When you were probably cranking loud, and oh, yeah. and, and there's nothing like. We can feel it on the back of your pant legs. Back of the right. pant legs, and you can yeah. feel it under your fingertips. The notes are just singing yeah. off the yeah. guitar neck because it's so freaking loud. Dave, there's, there yeah. used to be a band in L.A. called, and you kind of remind me of this guy, and you you remember these guys, I think, but they were called Plexi. That was the name of the band. Yeah, I know. I, I remember them, yeah. Yeah, and they were, I was in a band, this is 20 years ago. I, I was in a band that shared a rehearsal space with them, and a guitar player kind of reminds me of you a little bit, Dave, and, and he played through 200-watt plexis on stage, and the bass player used two SBTs with eight ten caps stacked on their sides in clubs. Yep, yep. In clubs here in yep, LA. Yeah, sure. You go in and see them play, it was like you could barely hear the vocals. It was awesome. It was like, that sounds <laughs> great. Great. So cool. So loud, it would just melt faces in the front row good tone though svts are great man svts are a lost art form too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like an old svt rig there's something about when you hear somebody play through an svt and it's set up right it's something you can feel Mm -hmm. as well as something you can hear you know what i mean i don't know it's just well it was like i remember seeing you guys and and mark used to have there was a time at least when i remember seeing him when there was two svt cabinets on their side and he would run a SVT and a high watt, hundred watt head. Yeah. It was into each cabinet. That's cool. And it was, it was the high watt was all the cut and the dirt and grit, and and the the SVT was just the, uh, you know, and like together it was yeah. like, you know, <laughs> you know, and that was that was uh, just you heard two notes out of the rig and you're just like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And then Chuck would come in with his drums. <laughs> the bump. Still a good thing to go for, man. I'm not saying that, and it's just like, wow. That, that's why I, I think it's great that I crossed paths with you because you still think like that. You still make things that do stuff like that. How many amplifiers have we all plugged into? that don't give you that feeling. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, right, wow, right. that's a, that's a, you know, that ain't it. No, that ain't it. You know, it's, it's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. True. Well, I got to go back to work guys, but. Rock and oh, well, thanks for visiting with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Good to see you, Dave. Good, Good to see you, man. Thanks to see both you. Take care, man. Good seeing you again. All right. Take it easy.
Take care, Pete. Make some videos. Oh, yeah. Mine. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You got a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> Someone really did ask that question, by the way. I, I wasn't what, just what me. Question? Uh, yeah, when, oh, okay. when, when he was making the video. It wasn't just me busting his balls. No, 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 no. I didn't, I didn't think it was, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he's supposed to do it already, yeah, but he hasn't yet, so. Okay. <laughs> it, yeah, we, you, if everything goes right, everyone, you should see a Pete Thorne video of one of the pedals released on the release day of the pedal. Oh, nice. And then probably a week later will be the other video released. So, And now which one it's going to be first, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. We already have the two videos from Sean. So um, there'll be two from Pete, and then there'll be some more videos, too, that we have some other guys did, too. That'll be released later in the month. Very good. Awesome. Kind of releasing, staggered releasing. Um, oh, I want to give a uh, say hi to U.S. American Made Guitars. Um, he contacted me and said he was going to watch the show. Nice guy. So, All right. Uh, he says, cool show, guys. My first time watching so thanks for uh, making it on. Um, hey, David Marshall's on here. David Marshall. David Marshall from Nashville. Oh, did I meet him? Uh, he did play at our event, if that's the same Dave Marshall that I'm assuming it is, but I can't see his picture on him. Um, oh, okay. I'm pretty that's sure cool. it is. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, right on. You remember Dave? He was hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Hey. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see if there's any other questions. Um, I don't see any. Did you see any other questions, Dave? Uh... Oh, someone said, Dave. I would love to see somebody do a demo of the Buxom Betty. Um, or the buck, I assume they mean the bucks and boost, but in an effects loop only. Oh, uh, okay. We haven't done that yet, but uh, maybe um, maybe I can get Pete to do that in his video, um, or maybe for a portion of it or something. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone else says Frank Quinn said uh, on your P ninety guitar, would you consider Joe Barden P nineties for it? You know, to be honest, I mean, if you'd like to order it with Joe Barden P90s, I'm sure we could work that out on a custom order, um, but we do make our own pickups. So, But if you really want something else, we can always work that out. Sure, it would be it. Yeah, try it first. Exactly. But the Joe Barden might be hum-canceling. No, I'm not exactly sure. Um, uh, so uh, whatever, um, whatever you guys want, it's just maybe a slight upcharge. Okay. I've seen this question a few times, so I want to address it. Craig Phillips says, what do you guys think of Greta Van Fleet? I honestly have not heard of that band. They're awesome. Okay. It's like it's like young Led Zeppelin reincarnated. Didn't I, did I send them to you guys? You sent, you sent it to me no. originally, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. A lot of people are talking about coming around here now. They're cool. I mean, uh, you know what? Uh, any young band that is doing that sort of music, great. We need more of it. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. Yeah. In fact, yeah. if anyone's listening from that band, <laughs> contact me. I got some amps for you, maybe. 
<laughs> so, uh, so would would love to work with you guys. Um, so they're they're doing the Viper Room here coming up pretty soon. I was looking at their schedule the other day. They're doing where? Yeah, they got a bunch of dates coming up, but I was looking for the California date, and they're playing out there. Oh, okay. At the, at the Viper Room. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, the, 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 I mean, yeah, they're really cool. The other band I really like is um, along the lines of that style of music would be that Adrian Vandenberg's Moon Kings. Hmm. Yeah, I'm ready to some of that. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just riff rock, you know. It's riff rock. It's cool old school riff rock. Uh, with a good a singer. Great player, man. And uh, and, and in fact, uh, he just uh, he just emailed me again recently because I I did a. Uh, uh, I had talked to him before he was interested in trying out some amps and um, but we we've uh, just recently chatted again online because uh, he I, I it's funny he emailed me because I I liked his uh, he has a teaser video for this new album that's coming out and I just pressed like on Facebook and, and then he emailed me <laughs> what a trip <laughs> that's cool yeah He's super uh, nice, man. I keep I keep going. When are you coming to the states? I want to see you guys. And uh, the, I they, they did solo they, record when it came out. That blue solo record of his. Yeah, and yeah, and his original oh, original Vandenberg, like yeah. way back, you know, mm-hmm. that was cool stuff too. That was really great stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm a I'm a fan of his. Absolutely, I, I hope they come to the states this time around, and uh, I would like to go see them. So. Mm. Yeah, someone's wrote uh, Irons eighteen wrote Vandenberg would sound amazing through a Friedman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uses um, he uses old Marshalls that are uh, that were modded by Jose now. Mm. So, um, uh, so yeah, it's in it's in the ballpark of the kind of tones that uh, you know Friedmans get. So nice for sure. Um. So here, letters ask question for all three. What's your favorite piece of, piece of gear that you no longer have and miss? Oh well. Wow. <laughs> oh good, man. That's uh, a good question. What are you, you going to say, Dave? Jeez, that's that's like a laundry list. That's your red telly. No, man. It's probably even other. I, when I was fifteen, I had a red, or I mean, I had a sixty-three reverse thunder or firebird. Serial number one four seven two two six. Anybody sees it out there? Let me know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I bought it for five hundred bucks in the original case off the original owner. That and a fifty nine double cut junior that I bought off Mark when I first met him. I wish I still had that. Speaking of Mark, Mark's on here on the chat. Mark Sanders. Mark. Mark says hi from Nashville. So. Oh, I missed that. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, it, yeah, just still going uh, back. Maybe like 20 minutes ago, but okay. <laughs> hi, Mark. Late. <laughs> We're just catching up with the comments. That's cool. No, that's great. Um, let's see. There was one other question here, Dave. Uh, they they want to know if you ever mess around with Vox circuits. Uh, I've serviced a ton of Voxes over the years. Um, I haven't, as of yet, made any Vox circuits. Um, although, there's this whole vintage line that I keep talking about wanting to do. 
uh, which would which would include some classic amps, like uh, uh, a great clone of a of an amazing Vox. Mm. Um, I have one in mind that I would like to clone, and uh, a great you know clone of my fifty watt Plexi. You know, traditional four input style. You know, just like mm-hmm. just old school, crank it up and go. Non kind of master thing. volume. Non master volume amps, yeah. yeah. Uh, because, like I said, I have a. I, I've said this before. I have a huge background in all that. So, and and a love for it. I love nothing better than a, a vintage copper top top boost AC thirty, mm-hmm. cranked up. I bought one of those off Goodale. Just man, man, that thing like a good one, really cranked. It's nasty and dirty and badass, you know. It's it mean like a Marshall almost, you know. Um, at least the one I'm really thinking of is. <laughs> I have access to one that's really amazing. So I'd I'd love to clone that. That's cool. I th- I bet you that would sell. Yeah, I don't know. We were talking. We were talking about doing it as an not as a um, as a, a different brand name under like you know by Friedman kind of mm. and kind of uh, delve into some of the vintage amps that I would really like to do. They'd probably be in smaller quantities and you know really uh, limited, high end, really limited sort of yeah. runs of stuff. But that would be a lot of fun to do. Yeah. Not That's you know, cool. you're not going to sell a million of them um so it's more of a project of love than anything else. Mhm. Yeah, especially when you yeah. talk about limited stuff, you know. I mean Yeah. yeah. Probably be a lot of demand for it. Um let's see. Uh oh, website says Greta is playing the Troubadour October 29th and 30, better than the Viper Room. <laughs> You're right. It is better than the Viper Room. <laughs> Maybe I got it wrong. I could have had it wrong. I, I, I might go see him there the then. The other day. That's cool. I could have made a mistake. Um, and by the way, getting back to uh, gear that you sold, um, for me, it was I had a PRS, a lefty PRS, um, custom 22, 10 top, violin burst. It was just gorgeous. I had gotten it right when I started learning guitar. And uh, I just couldn't get past the heel on it. You know, I don't know if anybody's ever played a PRS before, but they've got these really big heels in the guitar. And uh, for whatever reason, I couldn't get past it. And I sold the guitar. And and then they stopped making lefties. And then they went up in value big time. And, and I, I love the guitar. And I, I don't even know why I sold it. So that that was... That was my, like, why did I sell that kind of thing? I miss it. What about you, Dave Friedman? Um, I have a lot of stuff I regret getting rid of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a whole ton of old Marshalls I regret getting rid of. Oh, um, sure. Man, like a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, I remember there's this... Uh, Beat up all wood. Someone stripped the Tolex off of it. 50-watt Plexi Marshall I had back when I was maybe 16, 17. And it had a mod on it that I think 
Well, I had two. I had two amps. I remember one amp Dan Russell had done a mod on uh, that I bought off Steve Goodall, the Dave, and 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 then <laughs> I think this Plexi. I can't quite remember. I I might have had the mod just copied, maybe by Bruce Egnator, and put in this amp. But this amp was just sweet. It was great. I, I think I got it for next to nothing at the time too. It was just, but you know, strip box, completely strip box, so bare wood. And it was just this old Plex C50, and it was, it's got, it had so much vibe to it. And I regret selling that amp. That amp sounded really great. Um, and then other than that, I also had a metal badge two tone JTM 45, known as the coffin badge era, which now go for about $22,000. At the time I sold it, I probably sold it for $5,000. So I wish I still had that just so I could sell it now. <laughs> Uh, i also wish i had bought all those uh les paul's the guitars for stars when i was a kid for 350 dollars oh yeah 350 dollars 70s early 70s les paul's all day long early 70s les paul's what do they go for now shit they go quite a bit do they really well quite a bit more than 350 dollars yeah that's for sure so um and you could have bought that stuff all day long. I mean, the the, the fifty watt plexi that I have, I bought for three hundred dollars. Oh my! You know, that's what I got that plexi for three hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, the same same thing, man. You could get that stuff all day long for then. Yeah, it, piles of it. And now that that amp, if you were to sell it, probably ten thousand. Uh, yeah. Or, 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 or oh, mine. Uh, yeah, it's not ten thousand, but it's it's, no, it's really? probably five. Oh, a sixty-eight plexi. I, I would think yeah. it would go for more than that. No, I just sold. I just sold a, a, a plexi tremolo head to Jeff Pilson for 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 around five k. Hmm. That was. Uh, Is that that one from? Uh, mo- uh, yeah. Uh, Motor yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was Man, a when I, when I uh, I I made it super lead spec because it wasn't. It was super bass kind of spec, you know. And I I, I just kind of fixed it up a little bit. And uh, it was already serviced, so it just needed some slight tweaking. And it was a monster when it was done. It sounded killer. It was good. Wow. And he came in. Him and George Lynch came in and listened to it, and they compared it to George's Plexi and my 50-watt. And it, in the end, George is like, man, that sounds better than my amp. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, funny. So I'm like... There you go. Good. It's done. Sold. Right. Exactly. I did my job. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I, cool. I, you know, I wish I had my original guitar and my original amp too, which was a Fender Deluxe Reverb Silverface Deluxe Reverb and uh, Fender Music Master guitar, early seventies one. I I, cool. I just wish I had that for the hell of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the original condition it was in then when I first got it before I sanded it down and painted it and made it other things <laughs> <laughs> and ruined it essentially. Oh man. Oh, you know the other the other amp that I regret selling was a uh, 50s Champ. Oh yeah, those are great. Champ. Yeah, like the one that's back there, but it was all beat up and uh it was it was really nice. Yeah, I have one of those too. Yeah. I regret selling that too. <laughs> Yeah, they, and they they went up in price too. I mean, I sold it at the time. I bought it for five hundred. I sold it for five hundred, and now they're 
fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars. I think I really regret selling my Fender Deluxe Reaver because I wanted more distortion. So, of course, you know what I get then after that as a kid is a PV Renown. And oh. a PV wow. Renown. Remember those? No. <laughs> well, yeah, that was pretty pretty common. Pretty common. You'd see those in Detroit and stuff. You know, like. Uh, yeah, that's a, a beautiful uh, distortion there, boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> it had more distortion, all right. Metal zone in a box. I kind of, yeah. Not uh, metal zone's probably worse, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's. Hey, we got a question for Dave Black. Um, what is the three thirty-five looking guitar that you play in Seduce? They want to say looks like a three thirty-five or some sort, but not Gibson. It's a Gibson. Oh, it's a Gibson. There you go. Yeah. You have About it? 90. Me you have it sitting right there? Yeah, you want to see it? Sure. Let's see it. It's show and tell time. Wow. Hang on. <laughs> I love uh, 335s. I had, I had actually had one I bought from Guitar Center for 800 bucks. Mm-hmm. It was used. I sold it for 16 on eBay. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good profit. One of the few times. Oh, let's see. There it is. Can you see? Yeah. It's got a great flame flame on the top. Oh, back on. Oh, shit. That's really nice. Yeah. I sanded the neck off, though, but. <laughs> oh, you did? Because I was, was going to say. So... Yeah, there's no finish on the neck. Sprucells, refret. It's kind of beat up. I played a bunch of shows with this thing. We got to hear that through a Marshall. Oh, my God. You know? It's frightening. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. That's cool. What year is That's that? Very cool. A 90, I think. Very cool. The sticker's gone on the outside. God, I love this guitar. Oh, the wood on the back. Did you use any kind of stain on that or anything? Or you just sanded off the, the on the back of the uh, the neck? Back of the neck, I just sanded it. Just took the finish off it. Oh, wow. Nice. I know I fucked it up, but it's mine, so... No, it looks good. <laughs> I'm not going to get rid of it, you know? I felt better when I seen Bill Nash was doing his last calls that way. I'm like, well, I'm not the only one doing it, so that's cool, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of guys who like having, um, feeling the bare wood. Finish. Yeah, they just like the bare wood. Oh, that's so much better. I mean, it was great. Like sticky lacquer or something? Uh, no, yeah, no. It's just, your hand slides up and down the neck much better. I mean, that's the... I do that to every guitar I have. Do you really? Oh, it's, if it's got any sort of lacquer on the back, it's coming off. Yeah. You know, I you know, do the only thing I haven't done it on is the one <laughs> the one black Bernie Les Paul thing I have. I, I didn't do it on that. That one's pretty comfortable. It's not too sticky. So. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, a lot of my guitars are bare, like the bare wood, like the, the Wolfgangs that I have and a couple other ones. But... Um, but the Jackson I just got and Grover's, you know, the Concord you just sent me, they're smooth as silk on the back, even though they're, they're you know, painted. So it's not that bad, at least for me. I don't mind it. But everybody's different. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, Personal preference. Yeah, exactly. Uh, someone said, what is Dave Friedman's Phil X? That's the... Uh, well, oh, like you, Dave, they, someone wants to know, what is Dave Friedman's Phil X? I guess that's the, the model. The X amp? Um, 
it's a, a single channel. It's kind of like a single channel BE with a few extra little uh, gain taper switches and and uh, kind of a voltage switch that raises and lowers the voltage the amp. So it's like more headroomy and bigger or or smaller and uh, you know more compressed. Uh, uh, it's just a really no nonsense rock and roll amp. It has a second master volume and that's it. One channel, second master volume to boost for solos and that's it. Use your volume knob in your guitar. Call it a day. Yeah, nice. it's cool. I yeah. like it so, simple like that. Yeah. Yeah, and he's a monster player. He really is a great player. And he got a, he landed a great gig. Um, yeah, absolutely. Did you see? Uh, did you see the movie? Um, oh, now I'm. I'm the one that he was just in. What is it called? Not Sideman. Oh, um, is it called Sideman or what's it called? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's the Sideman movie thing. The uh, the uh, oh, hired shit. hired yeah, gun. Yeah. Hired, hired gun. gun. Yeah. No, I I haven't seen that yet. Oh, you need to see it. Yeah. I, no, I haven't even. I just, I, if it gets on my cable somehow or something, I'll look. I'll find it. Oh, it's you can get it on iTunes. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll rent it. I'll see it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. I'll tell you. Uh, did you see it, Dave Black? No, I have not heard about it. But I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you have to see it. I'll tell you. After seeing that movie, uh, Billy Joel, <laughs> that movie makes Billy Joel look like the biggest dick. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, I mean, wow. Yeah, really bad. So, but Phil X was great in it. Um, you know he. So it had some great stories. It showed some great playing. Um, I was w- wondering if they were going to show a Friedman amp, but I don't think I saw anything. Uh, hey, there's some questions here that I see. Oh, yeah? What do you got? Kimberly's, Kim, Kimberly St. James says, when's Seduce's next show? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> Soon? Yeah, I don't know. Good question. You guys, Mark, Mark and you talk. Works, right? <laughs> yeah. um, then we got, uh, will we ever see the BE100 tweak as the BE50 Deluxe? Meaning, will there be a BE100 Deluxe? Um, I would say yes, there will be in the very near future. So... Uh, which might mean the BE100 might, after the BE100 Deluxe comes out, then the, I don't think the BE100 would still be around. So, mm, it just replace it. It would just replace it, yeah. Because I mean, I don't, I don't. It's over, too overlapping. I don't see why. Um, and I can only have so many amps. You know, dealers can only support so many amps. Right. <laughs> Is it possible it could be an option? That someone can say, you know, I want. It's 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 possible. It's po- anything's possible right now. I don't have definitive plans on that one yet, but we've mm-hmm. talked about doing the B B E one hundred deluxe, and yeah. that's all we've talked about so far. We just talked about it. right. What the real plans are, I don't know. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. And, I like the story of the B E combo. Yeah, the B the nine hundred pound BE combo. <laughs> we, you know what? We made a few two twelve uh, BE one hundred combos, yeah. and let me tell you, that's not something you want to carry. No, that that pull your arm out of your socket. Um, 
And then someone asked Dave Friedman, what settings did EVH run on this Plexi at? Well, that's easy. Everything on 10. Right across the bottom of the knob, straight across, done. Mm -hmm. there, there's your settings. <laughs> <laughs> on whose Plexi? Van Halen's. Oh, right. Everything on 10. Really? Yeah. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, you just take take an old Plexi and turn everything on 10. It sounds killer. Wow. Yeah. I bet, Loud, I bet. Louder than hell. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Um, now I like to talk when you guys were talking to Steve Stevens. There was the whole nine gauge strings with the bass he had. Remember all of that? Like yeah. all the things that make it, you know? Yeah. That yeah. There's, great, there, there, a there's a lot to it. Um, with his thing, it was that plexi amp, but with six CA7 power tubes and biased a certain way to, to run with the Variac. Um, ran the Variac low, but it was biased hot, so then it was sort of biased for the Variac down low. Um, and 9-gauge strings. Not, not, not just 9-gauge strings, 9 to 40. So that's, you know, a little lighter even on the low strings. Really slinky. So, you know, you, really slinky, but, um, and, and tuned E-flat, by the way. Right. Uh, but you're not getting a lot of bass out of the guitar at that point. So your amp that might some sometimes be a little flubbier, say if you have tens on it, your old plexi, uh, is a lot tighter than you, you just the, the bass response isn't the same with the strings. Uh, you know, if you go up to a let let's say you go from nine gauge to a ten gauge set, there's more bass. If you go from a ten gauge to eleven gauge set, there's way more bass and it's way darker. And uh, more thunk, more thunk, and there's a there's a fine line. Uh, sometimes two heavy strings just don't get the tone mm. anymore. Uh, um, you know, and, and like we were talking to Steve Stevens, a lot of those players, like you know Billy Gibbons and stuff, were used really light gauge strings. Tony Iommi too. Yeah, seven or eights. But you know, they're hitting. It's a whole different touch and a whole different attack and a whole different everything. They. You know, they can't quite smack it the same way, you know, um, because you're going to smack it too hard. It's going to go right out of tune. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know, you're just going to bend that note way too far, and it's going to sound like it's bad. So you got to have a different touch. But all that played into the tone. So, uh, you know, you have to have all of it to really try to get it. And then you got to try to be able to play – a guitar from nine to forty strings at E flat, like <laughs> and not yeah. and, and not bend it out of tune. You know, yeah. when, when you smack the E string, the on whole a, whole different touch. On a vintage yeah. on a vintage style trim too. Mm -hmm. Originally, yes. <laughs> yeah, try to keep that in tune. Yeah, well, yeah, but the the grooves and the in the brass nut on his guitar were about the width. You know, it was like a train track going down. <laughs> I mean, he had these huge grooves and really deep, so the strings would just slide right through those grooves like nothing. Right. Uh, I saw I saw a guitar, actually, that they were, they were making a replica of, and, and the nut was done just like that. And I'm, like, looking at it and going, wow. <laughs> those, 
those grooves are super wide and super deep. And you're like, I get it. I got a strat with someone who did a nut like that. I get it because the string won't pop out of the nut and it won't get hung up at all in the nut, you know. With a brass nut. Yeah. yeah. There, there's no there's no tension on the string. It's barely like it's kind of flopping around in the in the groove. But, yeah. Interesting. But it worked. Oh yeah. It worked all right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um let's see. Did you have any other questions, Dave, that you saw? Oh, uh, someone uh Oh, someone wanted to know what Dave Black's amp Friedman is, and that's a small box. Yeah. Fifty watt. With maybe a few small slight tweaks. 50. Oh, with this huh? some slight tweaks. With ever so slight tweaks. And, great. and it's got the really super cool park knobs on it. Yeah. Oh, you know what, Dave? Somebody asked me also a, a couple questions for you. Um, any update on when the uh, set neck guitars are coming out? Yeah, we'll have them out for NAM in January. Updated versions of them and uh, a lot of cool ones we'll have at the show. Oh, cool. Yeah, that makes super cool. And there was one other one, but now I just. And we'll have the vintage. Uh, we'll have the vintage S neck also, um, or vintage S not neck, vintage S guitar, um, which is different than the Cali. It's the uh, yeah. It's a vintage a vintage trim, um, two post vintage trim with a pick guard. It's a little more traditional, you know. Ah, okay. Guitar. Um, Someone said something about pedal board parts or things about pedal boards. Building pedal boards, favorite patch cable, specific pedal order. Man, you know, uh, Ry, Ray, Ray, Tyler, um, just, you know what, email me. That'll be easier probably uh, to go into it more in depth. But, uh, I mean, we make our own cables, so I don't use really pre-made things. Um and pedal order, well, it depends on what you have exactly. So there's 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 certain things play well in different spots. So you got to kind of tell me what you have before me before I can answer that. Right. Yeah, it's hard to answer. Um, let's see. Uh, any hardtail callies? Someone wants to know. Uh, we can do it. Um, I talked to Grover about that. Someone else asked that question recently. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think, I think we might, <coughs> we might have some at the show. We might do one for the show, but we can't, they can be ordered that way now currently. Okay. Um, we have another question. Uh, BV Ninja wants to know what, what did Eddie run the Variac transformer at? I, I, I think it was at 90. That's what I, that's what I heard. Uh, generally speaking around 90. Uh, but there's various times in his career that he experimented with it up higher and lower and, you know, whatever sounded good that day, you know? Yeah. We used to do it up high. <laughs> yeah, watch the tubes melt. Yeah, yeah, just, just getting boxes of EL34s from RS Electronics because you're retubing it, like, every six shows. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I wish I could find, you know, good tubes all the time now. Yeah, but that was the day yeah. you could get good tubes. 
Yeah. Oh, we got some good questions here. Um, Rango asks, Flame Maple Neck on the new S-Style guitar, Dave? I think you can get Flame Maple Necks, right? Um, not particularly, but um, I mean, we, I mean, I'm sure we could do something custom for you. I mean, we've done bird's eye fingerboards on some of the Callies before. Generally, we don't use Flame Maple in the necks, though. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. But anything's possible. So. Uh, effect on tone of PEC pots on amps. Francisco wow, Guardian. Really? Um, I, uh, you'd be hard pressed to hear the difference. Mm. To be honest, a PEC pot, uh, a PEC pot is a very nice pot, but you're very hard pressed to hear the difference. Okay. By the way, someone asked, I think it was Row Camp or someone asked earlier um, if I was affected by the storm uh, by Irma. Uh, thankfully, no. Um, I, I didn't lose power um, for the most part and uh, didn't have really any damage. So we got very lucky. Knock on wood. So thanks for asking. Though. I appreciate it. Um, Dave, any plans for Friedman pickups? I know you talked about that before. Well, they exist in the guitars right now. Um, as far as aftermarket pickups, yeah, I think I think we're gonna we, we might see those at NAMM. Nice. Because a lot of people have been asking about aftermarket pickups because they like the pickup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like the pickup. I do. I'm change it. Because that's the first thing I change on a guitar, and I don't change it. I haven't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds good. Uh, German music production says which tube vendor? I don't know what what he's asking. Tube vendor? That that's a good question. Um, I right now all EL thirty fours are crap to me, so um, um, I don't have a good answer for that at the moment. Uh, I, I've had problems with. Uh, the Chinese TAD EL34s. I've had problems with the um, JJ, lots of problems with the JJ EL34s as of late. Um, I don't have a lot of choices, really. I, there's only, uh, there's just not a lot of choices. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, I almost want to switch amps over to 5881 power tubes. Um, mm. I did a test actually in the normal BE100 with 5881 power tubes and lined it up with an amp switcher with another amp with EL34s in it and switched back and forth, you know, in real time. And the settings identical, maybe slightly changed, like ever so slightly for the other tubes. And uh, honestly, they were pretty much identical mm. in, in, in my particular amp. Um, Did you have to change the uh, transformer uh, it's or anything? Getting, it's getting to be no, no. It's getting to be a real problem that I'm. It's not something I necessarily want to necessarily switch, and and the only reason I don't want to necessarily switch from the EL thirty fours is just because of what people think in their head. Uh, I can actually prove yeah, to you. I, that, that. I can I can prove to you that that's not true. Um. 
but uh, it's what they think in their head. But then again, if I continue to get completely unreliable tubes, what you know, you tell me what am I supposed to do? You know, in mm-hmm. the kind of quantities we use, that's when we really see. It, you know, we we make a lot of amps, so we see failures, and and it costs us a lot of money when they start failing in the field and stuff. You know, a lot. Time and money. Time yeah. and money. So, um, and we're trying to do extra procedures on our screening of them, basically beating them with a screwdriver <laughs> <laughs> while they're going full blast, you know, and trying to get them to fail. And uh, um, we'll see. We'll Mm. see. I'm not overly happy about it at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a pain in the ass. And you've been talking about it for for months. And, you know, and and people will come out and say, well, I can get a good set of EO34s. Yeah, you can get one good set of EO34s, sure. Right. Now now try to get 3,000 good sets of EO34s. That's where the problem comes, you know. Yep. I, I have a I have an amp on my bench over here that some guy just sent me, and um, and he got a new set of tubes to replace the old set that failed, and the new set of tubes that he got from some other vendor, when I had them, they all failed too. So <laughs> <laughs> I had to put yet another set of tubes in it. Um, it it's kind of getting ridiculous. <laughs> Unreal for me. Um, so, so what? So, outside of people's perception of fifty-eight eighty ones, is there any production change of the, of the amps that you have to make nope. to put? Nope. So, if someone just wanted to go ahead and just say, "I don't want to," you know, use EL thirty fours. I just want to put fifty-eight eighty ones in my. my yeah. Now, EDS. I'm not saying I'm not saying six L sixes in general. I'm specifically saying Solvtech fifty-eight eighty ones. Not 5881s, WXTs, or anything like that. Just the standard 50, Sovtech 5881 6L6. That's what they, they're called. There's no base on them. They're just a, a same thing Soldano uses in his amps. Um, they're extreme. We use them in Dirty Shirley's. We've used them in Dirty Shirley's from the day one. Hmm. And um, to be honest, I mean, they. they no one ever says anything about them being in a dirty Shirley. They just like the dirty Shirley. And, um, and it's still a very martially sounding amp. It, the, the perception that the 6L6 is that much different from the EL34. Well, some 6L6s sound quite a bit different than the EL34s. 5881s don't sound hardly at all different in our amplifier, at least, with our transformer. So... And, and I, again, I proved it. I put it on the bench and, like, went back and forth, uh, you know, with an amp switcher in real time where you really can hear it at all volume levels. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking, like, if you change the dials to match it, it it's, like, you know, less than a quarter, like, like, just, like, a smidge, not even a notch on the dial, you know, just, like, a little tiny bit of a change on the dial. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm not saying I'm doing that, but yeah, it is an option if all else fails. Right. I mean, I wouldn't hesitate to have those tubes in my amp at all. I think it sounds great. So. 
someone said, Dave F., how about old RFT EL34s? I mean, well, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, or you need a three thousand. Yeah, you, you can go. You can go buy those and all day long for a hundred to two hundred dollars per tube, and um, and put them in your amp if you want for you. But for me in production, I'm I'm talking. You know, like I need three thousand tubes, three thousand sets of tubes that that work reliably. That's not going to happen, you know. Yeah, and the question BB Ninja is asking: What's the current problem? The current problem is, and Dave, you can say more, but they're just failing, right? Or they have their microphonic, or they well, got... they're failing. I mean, the Ch- the Chinese versions of of the EL thirty fours that I was using with Tad, they had tons of shorting problems. Um, the new batch of JJ EL thirty fours that we've been using lately have been failing left and right, also. Um, uh, some red plating, some have little ghost noises, crackles in them. Uh, they're still working, but they're crackling. Uh, other times they just short. Uh, and these are already pre-tested tubes, by the way. <laughs> right. Pre-tested, and we burn in the amps for 24 hours. And, um, and then I've been testing them extra lately on the bench, literally beating with a screwdriver. It really just hitting the tubes with the t- screwdriver, you know, and that, that weeds out. You find the bad tube. If there's a bad tube, that's going to go bad. You generally find it there. I mean, we do everything we can to try to make it fail before it leaves the factory. As of late, as we've been seeing like this, this trend, you know, that sucks. It takes a lot of extra time on my part to make sure, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we switched to a new vendor of our EL 34s and, um, they seem to be a bit better than than our old vendors, so uh, we'll see. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's take a couple more questions. I'm starting. I'm starting to fade. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave, how do you compensate for component tolerance for different amps? Tolerant differences on amps. They say. You know, to be honest, it's it's not that different. I mean, uh, you have more differences in, uh, you know, if you change four different preamp tubes in the first slot of your amp, right, four of the same brand, there's more of a difference between those four different preamp tubes of the same kind than there is in the components in your amp. Um, It just doesn't add up to be that much. Uh, and I've proven this time and time again with generally with an amp switcher, like I said, with two different amps. And you can just sit there and just tweak the knob slightly, slightly different, and it's the same. I just saw a really funny comment. <laughs> Dave F., I can, be, can I be hired as your, to beat your tubes looking for an aggression outlet? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Oh, I like that. I like uh, it. I'd be all for Friedman and switching to 5881s. Uh, we've got some good comments. Awesome show tonight. Um, Austin Steele, question for Dave Friedman. I have a 68 Super Reverb, and every time I hit a low note on the guitar, the amp crack, crackles and makes noise. So you're going to ask me what that is? Right. Well... That could be all sorts of things. You could have a bad speaker. 
You could have uh, a kind of a microphonic power tube. You could have a loose connection in the amplifier that's rattling. Uh, you could have a loose power tube socket that's rattling around when the, when the vibrations are happening. Uh, uh, get it serviced. They'll find it. Yeah. Um, don't they still make six CA7s, Adam Barker is saying? Uh, yes, but not like six CA7s from yesteryear. Uh, yeah, Electroharmonics makes some pretty good sounding six CA7s. JJ does too, but the Electroharmonics sound better. But they're not necessarily any more reliable than anything else. Mm. So, um, yeah. And there's a couple power tubes that I just won't use because I don't like them. Uh, there's a um, EH EL34, although seemingly seems pretty reliable. Just every time I try to use it, I just don't like how it sounds. I just can't. Mm. And um, I mean, there's some other ones too. There's a Svetlana uh, newer version that's made by Sovtech uh, EL34. And that sounds okay. Again, I just don't love the I don't love the tone enough to really want to use it. Um, the uh, there's a Mullard reissue EL34 that Sovtech makes also that is quite expensive, and I've had a lot of failures with those, different failures than I'm having now. Um, so uh, the only other EL34 is a Tungsol, which is quite a good tube, but it's really sort of um, cost prohibitive to use in a big production. It's, it, it's more of an end-user tube that if they want to use it, mm. they could. Um, just uh, it's, they don't get a break just, on the volume priced, or anything? It's, it's priced. No, it's just kind of priced out of the ballpark. It's, it's, it's not even like in the realm of the other ones. Hmm. So, um, But not to say that those would be any more reliable either. Right. Interesting. All right. Um, there's a question here. Was Is Seduce a three-piece band? Yes. Yes. There you go. Okay. Um, yeah, look them up, man. Check them out. I think there's a song on iTunes, right, also? There's albums. Is there? There's albums. Oh, or, or, no, is there a song on iTunes? Really? Who's making that money? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw it on iTunes. I thought really? I saw, um, yeah, uh, from the decline of Western civilization soundtrack. Oh, yeah, that right? might be on there. Yeah, sure. maybe that from the soundtrack, yeah. Yeah. So there's some royalties you should be getting. Yeah, contact. Yeah. You got to give Tim Cook a call. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, are, are you guys good to. And right now, I think we're, we're going at two and a half hours. It's pretty good. Someone said, Frank Quinn said, does Friedman Amps use their own effects designed loops or are they subcontracted out to another company before installation? I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. The, the effects loop, the original design was uh, done by a guy named Steve Miller um, who designed the Metro effects loop originally. Um, where we sort of licensed some of that design from him 
and we've made several changes to it over time. Um, so we make it. I mean, uh, it's our our loop to use. So I don't know if that answers you. Hmm. Okay. Um, Any other questions that you see? I'm looking. <laughs> yeah, okay, there's the PEC pot one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, it's good because we catch different questions. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. After you start it. looking at your eyes, start going like cockeyed. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And my um, and it's already getting late here. So, but um. Well, Dave Black. Man. Oh, here's one. Here's one. Any chance of Friedman cables in the future? Uh, yes. We talked about it. It's coming. Good. Oh, shit. Mark Andrews wants to know what's going on with the Friedman base head. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I've had that question so many times. Uh, it uh, It's uh, hopefully coming at some point in time. Uh I just haven't found the time to work on it. I've been doing other things. That's actually a great question. Yeah, no, I, I, I want to do I want to do some sort of bass thing, kind of rock bass thing. I just haven't quite decided what the format is yet. I kind of got an idea for what I want to do, but I, I haven't I haven't decided in what package I'm going to put it in. So we'll see. We'll see you guys. And of course, then a, a base would come with that. A right. And a base oh, would come with that. Yeah, so. Nice. Is the preamp section, someone asked, is the preamp section most important factor in the EL34 Marshall type amp? I, I'm not sure. Um, well, in our amps, the preamp section is more important than the power section because we're not—it's not like a vintage amp that we're pushing the power section real hard. Um, so, yes, if that's an answer. Okay. And then someone also asked: Is it feasible to change a 1972 50-watt JMP to a 68 specs compared? To, Comparable to your personal amp, Dave. Yeah, sure. I can do it. It's not that far off already. Uh, it just maybe it depends on your particular amp. So, but yeah, it can be done. Sure. It can be totally fine too. And someone also asked earlier um, if you were still doing mods to amps. And I think um, the answer is yes. I but do, but extremely slowly. Mm. Uh, I just don't have, I don't, I don't have a lot of time. I've been pretty much turning people down lately. I'm not ruling it out, but I, I had like six boxes here we were starting to go through today that I needed to I need to get those amps out the door first before I take any more in. So not that many a year, but I, I still do some. Mm -hmm. I just don't I don't have the time. I can't, you know, I don't have time to do it. Yep. Okay. Anything else? Um, I think I think I got to the end. 
it, can you make an SVT sounding bass amp at half the weight? Yeah, it might be half the volume too, or a quarter of the volume. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure, why not? Someone asked uh, earlier too, someone asked um, if we were going to, uh, what, something about synergy modules. We're going to do more synergy modules. And the answer is yes, we'll be doing some more. Someone somewhere else asked, uh, it wasn't on here, but someone asked about base modules for Synergy, which I also think could be done. Mm. Um, so then you got a cool, like, kind of rock based preamp kind of thing. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. I think All that's right, it. Cool. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> Hopefully we answered everybody's questions. Guys, everybody, thank you for joining the show and watching. Uh, really appreciate everybody watching. Can't thank you enough. Um, and Dave Black. No, dude, it was great. You. Thank you for letting me hang out. I appreciate it. I really do. Yeah, that was great. great. No problem, man. Anytime. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll be seeing you at Winternam. Are you going to be there? Oh, yeah. Winternam? Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. Love to get you here before then. No, no, probably after. But yeah, I'll see you later now. Okay, cool. Yeah, you guys let me know what that next thing is. Yeah. Sweet. And Absolutely. uh and we also want to thank John Five for joining us uh, earlier. Uh Absolutely. Was- thanks, John, for coming on. And uh thanks everyone for joining. Huh? Oh man, we're getting more more questions I'm seeing coming in. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh, not really. Uh, some someone said about a Furman in a pedal or something. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah that would be nice. Uh, bu- bucks and boost. There you go. Somewhere. <clears throat> ah, there you go. Um, all right. Well, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, Thank you. We'll be we'll be back in a couple weeks. Um, haven't worked out the schedule next. <laughs> we'll figure out. We've got some great guests coming up. Uh, please hit the subscribe button. Everybody who's watching right now, please. Hit the, hit the subscribe button. button. Yeah, subscribe to the channel, please. And um, I'm begging for subscribers. That's what I'm doing right now, okay? And, um, no, please hit the subscribe button and, and share and and uh, have a great weekend, everybody. You guys hang out. And I'm going to hit the, uh, the stop broadcast button. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care. All right. <laughs>